Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings 2021 Week 4 Picks against the spread, survivor selections, game-by-game previews, and of course, as always, a Cust Corner mini smash the like button to the episode. And if you're ever wanting to have this show, I don't know, 12 hours early or so, subscribe to the newsletter. That's free in the description. The link in there will always be there for you around like, I don't know, 8 p.m. Eastern time on the Tuesday instead of waiting until Wednesday morning in order to get it. Boom, you can do that. Subscribe to Mayo Media Network while you're at it as well. And please time code the episode for us if there's anything that you enjoy that should make a best of the year. RunTheSims.com. There it is right there. It's going to have a free trial on Thursday. All you need to do is put in your email, no credit card, nothing like that. Just go sign up to the site. So starting Thursday, you can go test out all of the tools, make your own projections, use the optimizer. That will be up there for everyone starting on Thursday. So please go check out runthesims.com, play in the listeners league. The link is in the description right now. Contest is filling very quickly and I have 50 millionaire maker entries to give away for week four on DraftKings. I'll be doing that at noon Eastern time on my Twitter at the PME if you want a shot to get one of those 50 tickets. Maybe you'll win two of the tickets. I don't know. I'm not even drawing them. People at DraftKings are drawing them. But if you check out my Twitter at the PME Wednesday at noon PM Eastern time, then you will find out how to do that. Jeff Feinberg riding high coming into the week. The second place Chargers looking good. Third place Chargers. Third place Chargers. Sorry. Third place Chargers looking good, feeling good. Uh, yeah, positive energy. It's an extra sleep until I watch them again this week. And no surprise, the Manning brothers are off the schedule now. Did you want them doing the game? I thought the subject could be broached if they did do the game. So I was interested in them doing the game. And I like as many feeds as possible. So sure, I would have I would have maybe been into it. I'm not surprised they're not. I, I've been watching that feed exclusively on Monday nights. I actually much prefer it over the regular broadcast. I mean, yes, and they they really do get the the guests. They get the best out of their guests. You can tell their guests love being a part of it, even though they're like super acer, at least in the sports genre, like pretty high A list, Saban, LeBron, you know, whatever. Um and it's a different side of these guests and it just shows how much everyone loves football. Like even these guys at home, obviously Nick Saban loves football, but I hope my point is, is taken in. Yeah. Well, we're going to get you out of here early. Cause you have to go show your vaccination card. So you can go to a blue Jays game, right? Oh, he's frozen. Well, that's not good news. I hope that doesn't happen when he goes up to the ticket window to try to get into the game. The coin is in the studio right now. The current picks leader coming off a hot nine and seven week. The only one of us to go above 500. So remember flipping a coin better than the combined picks of the three of us. There's also the fifth member of the team, the sixth member of the team. They're anonymous. Then we have the seventh member of the team. That is fresh off a hot tug on the weekend. It's Tim Undergust. Tim Undergust. That is not my name. And of course, what you've just said is not true. But I just want to raise the point that there's somebody, and I don't know who you are, who accesses the show early through the Substack just to downvote it. I love it. I don't know who, 
I don't know who you are. And like, unlike some people on this show, I don't fight with people in the YouTube comments on the show, <laughs> but you really should stop doing that and stop. If you don't just upvote the show, what's wrong with you people? No, no, Tim, here, here's the thing. An upvote or a downvote per the YouTube algorithm. Exactly the same thing. Okay, well, I don't like seeing the downvote from somebody who's accessing the show early. So you know what? You're getting the privilege of seeing the show early. The least you can do is click the thumb up, not the thumb down, after you've gone on iTunes and given us a five-star review. Well, I appreciate that you're looking out for the show in this way. Jeff, are you unfrozen yet? Yeah, I believe I'm frozen. I've been. It's been reported by my computer that my connection is returned to stable. Um, I, I guess, yeah, I appreciate Tim wanting to be a gatekeeper of that in some way. But hey, that's the reason you try not to block people. You let the haters see your success. You patrol the YouTube comments and I patrol the upvotes and downvotes. That's how it works. I don't really, by the end of the comments, there's too many to patrol, but I'll sort of see, I like seeing the comments from the people that watch it early. Those are normally the people that like us the most and they say nice things. By the time it's like over a hundred comments, I'm not reading them because YouTube comments are YouTube comments. Jeff, were you pretty satisfied that after Tim's made his, Tim made his ludicrous claim last week that Patrick Mahomes is Zach Wilson, that Patrick Mahomes started to play like Zach Wilson? Uh, I thought about that a lot. I thought about the total, in Tim's mind, the total amount of interception thrown by quarterbacks who are Patrick Mahomes last week. It was a lot. It was a lot. They both went 0 and they both lost their game. So 0-2 for Patrick Mahomes last week. And frankly, that's not much better than we did with our picks. I, for the second consecutive week, a hot 5-11, lost my super lock, 0-3 on the Friday show. Uh, it was a very poor week three for myself. Jeff and Cust both 8-8. Eight and eight. That puts Cust and I tied for second at 22-26 and 26 so far this year. The coin, 9-7, the only one above 500, 26-22. You both got your super locks right, so that makes me 2-1. Jeff, 2-1. Cust is on the board at 1-2. Baltimore let down Tim in the free money tees last week, so you dropped to 1-3, 10-87 lifetime. And somehow, I think One this point. I missed by one point. But I gave you guys a winner in week two. I missed by a point in week three. And if you had made the teaser on Wednesday or Thursday when the line had dropped, you got the win. So in some ways, if you te if you tailed my picks, you won two weeks in a row on the free money. But well, it doesn't I, 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 I'm seeing it right here. So there, there's one week removed from bringing up uh, actually winning a teaser. Uh, so that we're, we're now. I also one won a hypothetical it. one last week. What the fuck does that mean? Well, like if you had made, if you oh, if you would bet something, Friday. if you would bet something I didn't give out, you would have won. Congratulations, congratulations, that Tim. That that, that I couldn't give out. But why does Tim feel like winning a teaser that pay? What do they pay? Like plus two fifty, plus three hundred, sixty. Why does Tim act like a plus two sixty gives him the same equity as someone hitting like a sixty to one golf winner to to at least use it? off the following weeks like there's enough juice on that bone yeah but i never said that you just said that uh you're making the way you you're talking about them from two years ago like you hit a thousand to one bet or something look i don't have a whole lot to hang my credit off of so when i have something i hang on to it dearly and uh, i make no apologies for that did you know that tim went for a tug this weekend jeff no that did not happen i just went to the nordic spa and it was lovely and honestly, unlike last time, no no yurts caught on fire. Uh, 
things went actually very well. It was a great time. You you probably are a little tense right now. So it's good you got to the spot and got tugged off. That again, that did not happen. <laughs> Stop saying that. You can just admit but, it. Uh, like we're not gonna frown upon you. We we were only frowning upon I you. I frown upon that. What well, I don't think so. You keep going for these tugs. Did you tell like, did you tell the staff that Darnold's three and oh and Wilson's oh and three and like all your stresses? No, but it took several hours for me to be fully relaxed this time. Oh, like there we go. Hour, it wasn't until like hour three that I felt like a limp piece of spaghetti or asparagus because the tension and stress from what the Jets are doing to me this season have me just furious, but also depressed, but also furious. And so, you know, I, I it was a very needed uh, relaxation. Then I got to pick up the best pizza around on the way home to eat for supper. So... All in all, it was a very good weekend, despite whatever the hell the Jets thought they were doing on Sunday. We can start calling you Triple T, Tantric, Timmy Tugs. You're like the sting of happy endings. No, don't stand so close to me. I mean, you want them. I mean, is that the thing? Is that like your preference? Like just a, a really long, like like when you hit your driver the other day, we played that golf tournament. You stand really far away from the ball. You want them to stand really far away from you? No, but look, I stand far away from the ball because it's it's it's, uh, it's about leverage. The, the longer, further away you stand, the more mechanical leverage you can get on the ball, the farther it can go. Watch those long drive competitions. They use really long drivers and stand a long distance from the ball. It's mathematics. Yeah, because they're using really long drivers. You're not. I'm using a longish driver, and uh, I'm giving it full torque. It's like choking up, choking on the baseball bat. Uh, you you sap some of your power when you do that. Is that how you like your tugs too? All choked up. Stop it. Just stop it. Let's move on to something less vile. All right. Well, we're starting with a Thursday night game, so that's about equally as vile in your mind as I'm guessing. Jacksonville at Cincinnati. The Bungles are favored by seven points in this game. Oh. Over under is 45 and a half. I think I just have to stop. I think I've taken the Jags every week, and I keep thinking it's like, oh, this is a perfect garbage time scenario for them to cover. But Tim, I don't, I don't want to say you were right about Lawrence, but this team is just god-awful. Like, they don't have garbage. At least Blake Bortles would come back and cover you a spread. They've had the chance <laughs> to come back and cover these spreads in garbage time each of the past three weeks and just nothing. Like, I got my fantasy guys out there. I'm betting props on these games. Like, oh, man, really need another Chenault catch. It's like, no, he'll just throw picks or fumble or Urban Meyer will be like, you know what we should do down 17? Run the ball. Yeah, that's, that's real savvy. Like, no, Bengals, minus seven. That's where I'm going with this, Jeff. I, okay, I hear you, Pat. And I believe I, you know, for the purpose of the show, was on the Jags again last week. And that one looked good for a moment, at least against the spread. I still think it's a few too many points in a Thursday night game. And I, I like the Bengals. I liked them last week. But this is a team that I could argue, you know, how do you put this? The fact they couldn't beat the bears kind of still feels weird. And the fact that they probably, you know, that Dalvin cook fumble with a sketchy review angle. I think they're actually a little overrated. That being said, I do like the Bengals for their prospects of where they'll be in December. I'm going to take these points while we're still in September. I don't love it though. So you're taking the plus seven on the road. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. Yeah, probably no T. Higgins in this game. He's going to be a game-time decision. 
And when you train, trade your best corner for Tarzan Dan Arnold in the third, third round pick, the defense isn't getting any better. Burrow on first down has been awesome with these deep passes. But here's the thing, Jeff, if you didn't know this, we have a rule in our keeper league. Where if you don't play, if you draft a guy and you don't play him all year long, he's considered a red shirt. So you get an extra keeper. You can keep three guys, but you can also keep a red shirt on top of that. And you get them in the round that you drafted them in. Do you know who Tim's red shirt wide receiver is this year? Red shirt player is this year uh, who has not played in his lineup yet. And he's a rookie. He is a rookie. And I'm bringing Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. <laughs> happening to me again i redshirted mahomes the year he had 50 touchdowns and then he got hurt <laughs> now i've got chase and i feel like i can't play him but like i should play him but like i'm torn he's i don't so know what good. Good. no it's not good it's not good no he's so good oh he's he excellent so that's why, good. why i drafted him he's so much I, fun to watch watching those two connect it's like and i have burrow so i'd have double points opportunities if i would play him the stupidest people on the planet can be people in media with too much time before an event, like picking on chase before the season or trying to find faults in an, in a perfect American golf team. Cause the event's not for months. Like there's the worst thing that could happen. Like I don't know, chase. What a player. What a player. Oh, he, what what a ball watching him and Burrow connect. And he poses a real problem for this team. Because like I said, Jacksonville, I mean, that's the main reason that I played like Christian Kirk last week on DraftKings because they cannot cover anyone deep. And Jamar's getting behind everyone anyway. So against the Jags, it probably, especially down their best corner because he's not on the team anymore, that it's probably going to be a bit of a problem for him um you know not getting behind the defense that should be okay and joe mixon absolutely lit these guys up on the ground i just unless all of a sudden they fix this offense and poor play calling i just i i really like cincinnati here tim Is yeah this i like cincinnati too i'll give jacksonville their credit despite being very poorly coached as it seems at least they're fighting in games at least they're scoring points at least they're not just completely dead and flat and useless at least they're trying, even though they're very talent poor. And they obviously, unlike the quarterback in Cincinnati, the guy in Jacksonville shouldn't have been taken first overall and is not playing very well. But you know, at least he's throw, being allowed to throw the ball. They're giving him a little bit of time and he's th attempting to do stuff. Uh, so the Jags could, in theory, cover the number. Seven seems like a ton of points to be laying with the Bengals. And yet here I am. I uh, think that the, 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 sort of motto of this week is like Tums or antacid because I'm doing nothing but eating chalk on all these picks it seems I like the favorites almost up and down the board and this is an example of me demanding the favorite give me the Bengals here so Bengals for myself Cust and the coin Jeff is going to be on the Jags on Thursday night you think it's crazy that Cincinnati sort of turned their fortunes around him the one year you don't pick them well, but then how do we explain what's going on with Atlanta? Like, uh, you know, these th they're struggling too. So anyway, no, I, I don't think so. Like Jeff said, the, the Bengals could easily be one and two right now. They looked really good in one game. So they play a soft team this week. Again. We'll, we'll see when they, they get into the business end of their schedule, how they really are. Well, Jeff, J the Jags are 0-3 against the spread. We know that no team goes 0-17 against the spread. Eventually, it adjusts into the favor. Like, I I'm curious to see what the numbers... Like, if they lose this game and fail to cover, 
because this has got to be one of their, I guess they do play the AFC South a bunch of times, but outside of those games, I mean, the Titans will be huge favorites against they them. They play in Gotham in week 16. They've already lost to Houston. This yeah. is, if they lose this one in the state of Ohio in an embarrassing fashion, it's like it took two weeks for people to already say Urban Meyer is gone. I mean, he almost hadn't even coached a game where people were like, this thing's not going to last long. And then this um, a week or two into his tenure, the USC job is open and everybody's already connecting some sort of dots there. He already has to have the soundbite of saying, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. I don't know. I, if they get blown out on on national television by the Bengals, it's going to be a lot of noise coming out of not so much Jacksonville. Cause I don't know that people care there, but from the national media, the urban Meyer thing will become is a, is a story and will become a bigger one. Washington at Atlanta, Atlanta opened as a one point favorite in this game. They are now a point and a half underdogs at home over under 47 and a half. Washington's failed to cover a spread so far this year. And when I saw it, the minus one, when Meany and I were talking through this, Tim, on Sunday evening on the early spreads and the recap show, it just, it really just felt like smash Washington here. Like congratulations, Atlanta, you beat the giants in a very unimpressive way. Like their offense is so bad. I was looking at the DVOA numbers and their offense has actually been worse than the jets offense, which is so pathetic. It's beyond comprehension. Like how it's because the Jets have run the ball slightly better than Atlanta's been able to run the ball. Yeah, the Falcons can't score. Can't score. I mean, clearly the Washington defense is not as good as some people like myself thought it was going to be, but it doesn't need to be very good to stifle Atlanta. And you know, the, clearly the football team can score points. I don't think Atlanta can score points. I think this spread is still way too short. It should be. Washington by four or five. And I think it'll probably continue to drift up towards three as the week goes on. I don't see anybody stepping to the counter to bet the Falcons. So yeah, give me Washington. Yeah, I'm taking Washington. The coin's taking Washington. Jeff, we see this with the Falcons, like each of, I think it's each of the past three years that coming out of their bye or mid-season, whatever it is, like a switch flicks and like their defense all of a sudden gets a little bit better for absolutely no reason. They don't get anyone back. Just all like, like last year was like, man, they give up like 40 points a game. Then all of a sudden, like they're shutting teams down for no reason. So I feel like it's going to flip for them offensively at some point. I just don't think this is going to be the week. The spread is one, which essentially as a gambler, you convince yourself it's a pick em If you like the minus one, that was essentially their spread versus the Chargers in the first week. Tim alluded to something. I'll expand on it. That defensive line, that defense is probably the most disappointing unit through three weeks of the football season. I'm ready like you guys are, though, to buy them on a low. The biggest concerns for me, though, in hearing, you know, Redskin fans speak and seeing some of the words, sometimes I do like watching other coach press conferences, press conferences or sound bites. Rivera's making comments like they haven't learned anything in two weeks. Like, I don't know what's happening there or in practice, but it was just a very demoralized Ron Rivera, you know, press conference saying like, like who's the other quarterback there now? Kyle Allen. Cause he, yeah. Cause he's seeing seems ultra, um, frustrated with, with Heineke and how there really hasn't been much progress from him through the early stages of this season. But again, it's Atlanta. It's a point. Uh, there's all it's, it's Washington or nothing, which kind of makes me sketched out about it, but I'm not here to say Washington's going to lose to Atlanta. 
Yeah, so, I mean, a round of Washington, because it sounds like we all want to buy low on the footballs at the moment. Maybe we should be buying low on Atlanta instead. Absolutely, positively not. Yeah, I, I'll agree. I, if I get it wrong, I'm wrong. I'm, but again, I'd rather... give the Falcons their due. At least they're scoring and they're in games, <laughs> and they you know aren't completely deflated like a balloon that was filled with helium six years ago and left to deflate to the ground. At least there's some sort of life kicking in Atlanta, which is more than I can say for some 0-3 teams. I thought the tug would have like gotten all of that stress <laughs> off your chest. Yeah, apparently you just need to be on the show here. That's when you're really blowing a gasket. Oh. All gas, no brakes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right off the cliff, Thelma and Louise style. <laughs> Houston and Buffalo. The Bills are favored by 16 in this game. The Bills are back, baby. Tim, all you had to do is shit talk Josh Allen a little bit, and all of a sudden, just Indian. It's funny, you shit talked him on the show last week, and then you played him against our best friend in fantasy, and he, he put up a five touchdown spot on you, and you lost. Yeah. But of course, if I just played Chase, I would have won, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, look, two, still not enough points. I asked myself, how many points would I have to be getting with Houston? and a quarterback who can't throw the ball uh, against Buffalo here. And the number was like 21. Yeah, but, so but what, hold on. What if this game is only quarterback sneak driven, and then you got Davis Mills using his real giraffe neck to get over the line? Well, you know what? That is a uh, very good point that I hadn't considered, <laughs> but myself and giraffes haven't had very good luck this season. So I am going to uh, stick with the Buffalo Bills. Their real test comes next. The only real risk of this game not covering is, of course, Buffalo goes into Arrowhead next week. So what are the chances that the Bills get up 17 early and then just sort of, you know, just sort of coast to get ready for uh, their beatdown next week against Kansas City? I don't know. Uh, we'll see, I guess. But uh, that's the only risk, I think. But again, look at the, the Texans have a win. So it's nice to see some of these terrible teams scoring points and showing up on primetime games and not embarrassing themselves. So I can't say that despite people saying what, uh, what an amateur college-like team the Texans were, they've got a win and they show some pride when they play football and don't accuse their quarterback of needing to, uh, to get rid of the ball faster uh, because I'm not capable of blocking. So I'll, I'll give the Texans that. Jeff, I'm kind of with Tim. 16 doesn't feel like enough. It opened at 17, and then they were like, yeah, that's too much. I I might bet the minus 16, actually. Well, make it a party. And it's silly enough that it's almost that loss to Pittsburgh, as much as it was multiple weeks ago, makes me convinced that, uh, you know, McDermott has these guys, that, like, they had their sort of hiccup, and they're over it. In a couple of weeks, we're going to be laughing at how Pittsburgh – I think did that, what their record's probably going to be. And after that game, I was concerned. Like, I really hope Buffalo's not afraid of being the pretty girl. Like, they've got to be comfortable being the pretty girl because they're a pretty girl. And some people aren't comfortable when they become a pretty girl. I hope if I'm lucky enough to get pretty, that we'll be pretty comfortable in that spot. But I like that the Bills are back, like just kicking ass. Washington, Miami, check, check steam rolling Houston 16. You just said it, Pat. It might've been your last words to me. I don't think it is enough right now. I don't care about the look ahead spot. Uh, the, the bills are full, full go downhill. Every word out of McDermott's mouth since that loss to Pittsburgh, like they are so, they're so tuned up right now. 
And the coin's going with Houston. I just don't know how Houston can manufacture points against this team. Like, they couldn't do it against Carolina in what was essentially garbage time from the second quarter on. Because, I mean, Carolina's defense is pretty good. The Bills' defense actually looks quite good, too. So I would say that's push at worst for the Bills' D. And the one element of this offense that actually does work, which is just bombing it to Brendan Cooks every single time, you probably think that Tredavious White has that on lockdown. So what do they do then? They don't do anything, which is why they don't cover. What if Tyrod was playing? I would still, be different. That'd be a revenge game. That's a competent quarterback. And then it's too many points. Yeah. No, it is. Tyrod's like shown, even in that Browns game, like he showed they'll, they'll, I think, no. you know, the, the spark would fizzle, but they have an ability to be competent. Like you, we almost joked last week, Pat, like it's a gang of like just veterans that have, that have met up and, and, you know, they were fine, but now they're in real, they're in real big trouble. So, someone so they're like the last, they're like the last Vegas of football teams. No, someone actually pointed out to me that the Houston Texans are essentially the job squad of the NFL. <laughs> yep. I guess I would make Mark Ingram the blue meanie. I don't know. Lions at the bears. The Bears are favored by two and a half points. They have yet to announce, as we're recording this, who's actually playing quarterback for them. Because despite the fact that apparently he's not going to play, Andy Dalton still in the mix somehow to start this game. Nick Foles is in the mix to start this game. Matt Nagy is just taking an absolute shit-kicking on the internet about not designing any sort of offense for Justin Fields. And this was a lot like the Tua situation last year where it's like, well, Ryan Fitzpatrick's out of the game, Tua. You do what Ryan Fitzpatrick does, although that's not your skill set. This year it was, well, we have this playbook for Andy Dalton. Justin Fields, you go do that. We know you can run and move the pocket. Now you just stand here and just get beat up by Miles Garrett the entire time. The Lions, weirdly frisky, they were able to contain Lamar in the pocket and not let him get to the outside. So they can do that again. Even if Nagy gets the offense updated and lets Fields get outside the pocket, roll the pocket, run some bootlegs, whatever, run an RPO for once. May, God forbid that the Lions seem to have that part undercover. I'm really confused about what to do in this game because I don't think Detroit is good at all. Like you watch them and they're like, huh, they're really, really terrible. Yet... If they almost, I don't want to put any stock into them almost coming back and beating the 49ers in week one. They were down by 30 in that game. Yeah, but I'll take the Lions here. Like they did basically cover some spreads against the 49ers. They had the Ravens on the ropes and they were leading in halftime against the Packers. Yeah, the Lions are 0 3, but there's a team that's 0 3 that can score points that is playing for their coach, whose coach seems to have some sort of modicum of respect in the room that look, again, like they're frisky, like they're fighting. Uh, Chicago seems like the opposite. The last two games, they even though they beat the Bengals, they were very unimpressive. They just haven't looked good. If it were me, I would start Nick Foles this week if I were Chicago because, like, if you're not ready to put the ball in Fields' hands and maximize his skill set, then don't bother. Give it to Foles, who at least is a competent enough QB to play a few weeks. I don't know. Either which way, I want nothing to do with Chicago right now. They're they're a disaster. Give me the, give me the Lions, who are somehow less of a disaster. Uh, the coin is taking Chicago. I'm taking Chicago too. I think this is a nice buy low spot on Justin Fields. It can't go worse than it did last. God forbid it can't go worse than it did last week. And they were weirdly in that game for a while somehow. Like when they got that pass, when they didn't go for it on the fourth down, like they weren't moving the ball all day. They got a lucky pass interference that moved them all the way down to like the five yard line. And they settled for a field goal in a game where they needed 
did seven points. Like that worries me that they couldn't figure that part out of it. It was like the Dolphins not going for it in overtime. Like, what are you doing? Is and we almost had to have this. So I guess we'll get to this when we get to the Chargers or maybe the Chiefs, Jeff. But like watching what the Chargers did at the end of that game was like, huh. This seems like it has the ability to backfire real quickly. And it seems yeah, like that it, it seems like that's how Matt Nagy coaches was just like, what should you do? Well, I'm gonna do the opposite of that and just do it in the worst way possible so we have no chance of winning. That worries me. But I do think they can get something figured out over the seven days. Like I said, he's just taking an absolute beating. There's no way he can't adjust. And I just don't think that the Lions are very good. The one part of the Bears defense, which has been okay-ish so far this season is their run defense and if Detroit can't run the ball with Williams and with Swift they have legitimately nothing on the go because the Bears are also pretty good against tight ends you take you limit Hawkinson just double team him and then shut down the run game focus all efforts on that and make Goff beat you deep and spoiler alert he can't okay you you mentioned value so you're not wrong if you want to side with your Chicago, you are getting blind value, Pat, probably close to like maybe three and a half points from where the line was a week ago because of you said it like the eviscerating of Matt Nagy. Hey, people were already like so done with him. And, you know, people saying it's essentially one of two things. He's either the dumbest coach on planet Earth and deserves to be fired for that. Or he committed malpractice and is trying to fail on purpose and deserves to be fired for that. You know, um, Orlovsky went on a whole rant. They drafted Fields like 150 days ago. To be 150 days into your relationship with Justin Fields, and that is the game plan you have for him against a team with Garrett and Clowney, you could argue in some ways malpractice. That being said, the way the Lions fight, I think we are... I'm going to side with Pat and the coin. I think we are getting just some blind naked value. And when picking two shitty teams, I guess that's going to be my deciding, um, my deciding factor here is the lions are probably being overrated for their heart and hustle two weeks ago in primetime versus the Packers last week versus um, the, the, the Ravens. Everyone sort of saw the end of that one come to fruition so yeah give me the bears minus three can't get dumber if it does maybe what i wouldn't on the weekend what i wouldn't give for heart and hustle jeff (laughs) i love how you can find a way into every game because there's 31 other teams in the league you'd wish you had something from i take it well we we found out this week we discovered that cuss suffers from main character syndrome where everything just has to be about him at all times (laughs) So this makes sense that he's just bringing up what he wants to talk about on every single game. No, no, listen, I do not suffer from main character syndrome in any more than anybody else does. Yeah, you like, you really do. Am I the main character of my life story? Sure. But so is everybody of their life story. I, I, beyond that, I don't, I don't see how that really is applicable. Well, most of us, when we're dealing with other people, that yes, you are correct. Everyone is the star of their own story in this Thing that we call life however you really press that on to people like you don't realize that society doesn't think that you're the main character of your life no but i'm important and i matter do you well i think i do well exactly exactly that's why you suffer from main character syndrome but like i i try to put others ahead of my own self most of the time i don't know about that as, yeah, as we'll get revealed a little bit later on i don't think that's necessarily the case 
Well, we'll see. I have stuff ready to talk about later, too. Okay, well, that's good. So Chicago for me, Coin and Jeff, Detroit for Cuss. See, there, you didn't eat the chalk on that one. You took Detroit. No, there are very few ones that I didn't eat the chalk on, but that is one of them. It's a two-and-a-half-point dog. I was not going out on a limb here. Well, the biggest thing is, and Jeff, like when I went back, I actually went back and watched some fields in the preseason. And in the preseason, they had plays for them. I don't know what happened to them. Yeah, I guess that's the most confusing part about it. They literally used a game plan like if Philip Rivers was your quarterback, but with Justin Fields. They yeah. also couldn't block, right? I mean, there's only so much you can do when you can't block an an iota. Well, they move the pocket sideways. They didn't. You even, want to be running? They, they, you want to be moving the pocket towards Miles Garrett or towards Jadamian Clowney? I don't want to do either of those things. Well, they didn't even try to block Garrett on like three of the sacks. He just ran unimpeded to the quarterback. Did, did any of their offensive linemen get into fights with uh, fans on Twitter afterwards? Or <laughs> They probably should have, though. Okay. <laughs> Between your photos, finances, devices, and connections, your world is more online than ever. And you may have security systems in place for your real life, but what about your online life? Aura can sound the alarm if your digital presence is at risk. Aura provides digital security protection to keep your online finances, personal information, and tech safe from online threats. It's all-in-one protection from identity theft, financial fraud, malware, scam sites, and so much more. With Aura, you'll get alerted to fraud and threats fast. And like if your online bank account or passwords were leaked online, or someone tries to open a bank account in your name, Aura is going to be there. Plus, Aura is easy to set up. All plans come with a million dollars in identity theft insurance to help recover your stolen funds and experience U.S.-based customer support that's got your back. With an easy online dashboard and alert sent straight to your phone, Aura keeps you in control and guides you through solving any issues. For a limited time, Aura is offering our listeners up to 40% off plans when you visit Aura.com slash Mayo. That's Aura.com slash Mayo to get complete protection and savings of up to 40%. That's A-U-R-A dot com slash Mayo. All right, here we go. Here's a good one. Carolina at Dallas. Dallas making me look like an idiot for taking the Eagles on Monday night. They're now favored by four and a half points. It's funny. This game was minus four. The Monday nighter happened. Now it's only minus four and a half. No McCaffrey for the Panthers. Tarzan Dan, he's out of town. So they're down their tight end as well. Chuba Hubbard, La Canadian, starting at running back. And the Cowboys looked really impressive. They're 3-0 and against the spread. It's a 3-0 and versus 3-0 and against the spread matchup here. Someone's finally got to drop one because I don't think anyone's winning by four and a half points. So someone's getting an L on that spread record so far. <laughs> Dallas's offense looks amazing. I guess this really comes down to what does the Carolina offense look without the threat of McCaffrey back there? How important is he really? Because I a lot of people would make the case that Running backs don't matter. We've talked about this a lot. And they take Dalvin Cook out of Minnesota last week. And guess what? They're fine. They look exactly the same just with Alexander Madison and no Dalvin Cook. And that's not to say that Dalvin Cook isn't better than Alexander Madison, but there wasn't really that much of a difference. McCaffrey is sort of the litmus test for that because everyone just kind of recognizes his role on the field, mainly as a receiver, is such a dynamic part of this offense. It's Marshall Falk-esque. Will that impact how this offense works? And... On the other side, they're now beefing up their secondary. I, I don't know if Robinson's going to play this week, Jeff, but their defense looks pretty good. Or is it the fact that, I mean, they limited Jameis, who kind of looks terrible. Uh, he's looked 
pretty mediocre in every single game. He's not throwing the ball through the air at all. Uh, who'd they beat up on week one? Oh, yeah, the Jets, who were god-awful. And then last week, they beat up on the Texans. This is a real offense they have to play now. Do you think their defense can hold up? I, I, I'm I going to stick with Carolina here, although I'm not going to make this wager for multiple days if it's one I want to bet on. Because as you alluded to, they destroyed Dow, uh, Eagles in primetime. Well, the Panthers won versus the worst team potentially in football, and they lost Christian McCaffrey. So I don't know how I'm not getting this over five, even six points, to be perfectly honest. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to see how they handle that test. They lost Horn. They just made a trade. As I talk through it, I'm, I am concerned, but I feel like everyone's going to be betting on Dallas You'll find me on Carolina with points. Yeah, I think I'm going to side with Carolina plus the four and a half as well. I think that's well said. Just wait later in the week if you actually want to lay real money on this because it seems like it will balloon probably up to six and a half, Tim. Maybe, but I would still take Dallas at that point. I like the Cowboys in this game. It is sort of unfair that Dallas coming off a Monday nighter is playing Carolina coming off of a mini buy. Like that's sort of an irritating situation to be in picking the Cowboys. But look, I think you sort of hit the point earlier in your sort of initial sort of uh, monologue on this game, which is that McCaffrey's ability to both catch the ball and run the ball is not easily replicated with one back. I mean, they'll do their best to try to get what they can out of this offense, but they haven't looked super impressive through three weeks, but Donald's played fine and he hasn't made any big mistakes. And so kudos to that. But yeah, this is a real test of their uh, of their skill. The, the Cowboys won last night, what, 41 to 13 or so. The Cowboys were so much better than Philadelphia last night. Like that score even seems closer than the game was. Dallas nearly took down Tampa. Dallas played the Chargers to a draw and they killed uh, Philadelphia. So I, I am going to take Dallas here at home. I like the spot. I like what they're doing. I find it hard really to disagree with that. The coin disagrees with you. And the coin, as we know, is the best picker on this show. So maybe just tail the coin and see how we do here. But I think that's really well said. The the opponents that Dallas has played so far are three teams that we consider to be good to really good. And they've given them all a game. They've won two of them. I guess maybe not Philadelphia. Maybe I considered Philadelphia good because they beat Atlanta. And maybe I was just really wrong about that. Because the last six quarters that they've played have been truly awful. After a really good first six quarters. They played great in the first half against San Francisco. And then it all went down the tube. That maybe Dallas is... It's hard to give Dallas too much credit. I think just from me watching and seeing the media perspective of it, because Dallas will always be quote unquote overrated for what the baseline is that they are. So I've just spent the entire like last two years of everyone telling me, oh my God, this offense, it's the best in football. This team's actually really good. But maybe it's just that, that they turned out to be right about this one. I just assume that like the overall media is generally wrong about this stuff. Yeah, that's very possible. We're not surprised. They have two all-world offensive linemen when healthy, when Smith and Martin. They have a quarterback who's now the highest-paid player on the planet. They have a running back who makes $90 million, and they have an elite receiving core. So it's certainly there's money there that would indicate that it is one of the best offenses on on the planet. I, I, I will just remind me, how many turnovers did they get from the Eagles last night? Like multiples? Yeah, but they... No, I'm just saying because turnovers, they've been that they is had one their own, thing. Though. They had their own. They had a fumble in the end zone that Philly yeah, got yeah. the touchdown on. I right? understand like, that. But I'm just saying from a defensive perspective, 
uh, that's three straight games creating multiple turnovers. And that was like, everyone was so down on that defense. What they had three or four versus Tampa. They had a couple versus Herbert and the chargers and, and a couple more last night. And sometimes you worry betting on turnover prone defenses that as soon as they stop getting the turnover, if turnover luck starts to work against them, maybe so will the tide, but um, well, yeah. lucky them. Sam I'm Darnold upset. Has never I'm been known to turn the ball over. Yeah, that, that, that's I'm a, most up. That's a big thing. It's Sam Darnold coming into town. That's fair. I am most upset that I pivoted off of Dallas for Washington in those like final ten days before the season, like when we recorded our show, just because they were getting like 20 more cents on the line or something to win the division. I'm like, I'll just take the bigger number. They haven't what played a shit yet. show. They haven't played yet. Let's suspend our judgment on that till they play each other at least once. Could Carolina be secretly really good? No, I think like Denver, they are a, their record is a, fa- is a factor of their schedule more than their talent level. I picked them to be secretly really good in the off season, but like good, not like great. Yeah, but maybe, but maybe they're just that team that's ahead of schedule. Like we thought they Look, would be good played, next year. Maybe they're actually good this year. They played the Jets, the Texans, and the Saints. If they, I mean, who in their right minds wouldn't have at least picked them to be two and one at this point? That, okay, that's fair. But they beat the crap out of the Saints, and the Saints have now beat the crap out of Green Bay and the Patriots. Well, the Saints seem like they're kind of a Jekyll and Hyde team. Matt Rule has this incredible track record in year two at both Baylor and Temple. Like, he took over really shit situations. Out of the Art Bryles, horrible, disgusting stuff. And Temple's Temple. Uh, So he took over two really down-and-out situations. And year two had those teams well exceeding expectation. And that was a part of the reason people were excited about what could happen in year two with a much more normal offseason. For him, I mean, I'm someone who thinks he's a great coach, so that changes the spectrum on what I guess my expectation might be. Indianapolis at Miami. Miami's favored by two and a half at home. They're not getting the full three here because apparently the Colts are good, according to someone, or maybe just everyone just thinks Miami's the absolute worst. Uh, they could be right about that, but at least that their corners are good. That's always a positive. You can't really say that much about where the Colts excel at this point in time. Wentz, I mean, Tim, we watched this game together. Like, well, what is Wentz doing out there? Panicking, running around, trying to make something out of nothing, and uh, just doesn't, I mean, he's not healthy enough to do all the magic tricks that he used to pull, and I don't think he's being very well coached or served by what Frank Wright is, Reich is putting out there. I mean, it's, the Colts are 0-3, and justifiably so. Like, Brissett is a better quarterback right now than Wentz. In my view, uh, the game's in Miami. I like the Dolphins. I, I The Colts are going to go 0-4 in their season. I mean, it's hard to say season's over because they have 13 more games, but, like, they're going to be 0-4, and, and their season's going to basically be done. I really Every instinct tells me to take Brissett in a revenge game against the sure Indianapolis is. Colts here. I just... I feel like in this sort of game where you just don't expect to see that many points, Jeff, just grab the points and hope to get lucky. Because between the 20s, Wentz doesn't look like they're, it's not like they're not moving the ball. They are moving the ball. But every time they get inside the 25 yard line, it's like they forget how to play football. They call it fourth down play that can't possibly work. And surprise, surprise, it doesn't work. <laughs> Carson Wentz 
fault of his, no fault of his, uh, maybe, you know, losing or going bald might not help. I, I, he looks like he's aged 50 years in the last two and a half. Um, so he's obviously been through it. I saw some stat that the Colts, when T.Y. Hilton doesn't play, they're like one in 10 or something. I don't, don't take me to the bank on that, but it seems like they, they just lack playmakers. No one makes plays. You watch football on Sundays outside of the Jets. Other teams, they move the football. They go down the field. They make plays. They might lose the game, but life doesn't look that hard. Everything the Colts do looks hard. Like it looks laboring. And now is Buddy out the best offensive lineman on the planet? Um, uh, Nelson? Oh, geez. These are two teams in, in bad in bad spots. Thank you, Miami, for, for getting that amazing fourth down to the Gusecki, which extended the drive. They get the touchdown. We cover the spread. I agree with you, Pat. What insanity. You either go for two or go for the fourth down, and you kick the field goal with no time left if you don't get the touchdown, or you, 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 you just lose the goddamn game. So I don't know. I lose a bit of respect for Flores, who I credit for being so great. Um, but I want nothing to do with the Colts. But to Pat's point, like, there's a great coach, and now they're freaking desperate. Like, will desperation breed brilliance for Indy? I'm willing to say no, it won't. I would say, but Miami is in an equal desperation spot here. Like, dropping to one and three. I Probably, yeah. They're kind of cooked, aren't they? No, not quite, because the AFC, I think, has got a softer underbelly than maybe we anticipated. Maybe, but what are the but, cha- what are the chances that the Dolphins are better than the Bengals? I would say reasonable, like I don't five percent. I know, but like as as it stands right now, it really does look like three teams are going to come out of the NFC West. I couldn't tell you which three. It might not even AFC be the West. The AFC mm-hmm. West. So you have, you have, you have we'll three. See. Okay, well you have we'll three see. over there. You have the Bills. You have the Les Titans. So that's two more spots up for grabs. Uh, then you have the Browns and or Ravens. Let's call it the Browns and Ravens. There's seven teams. Yeah, but color me very skeptical that Denver or Oakland are going to be there come the end of the okay. year. Okay, Oakland doesn't have a team, by the way, unless you're talking about the A's. <laughs> okay. I don't think the Raiders or Broncos will be there come the end of things. And I, I think the Patriots probably will be. So Okay, well, if that's the case, sub out. So about one of those two teams for the Chiefs. So you have the Chargers, Chiefs, and one of those teams, and then you have the Patriots. That's still seven. Like start. Yeah, I think that starting one and yeah. three and losing games to the awful Colts isn't going to be helping your cause any. Yeah, no. Oh yeah, no, help. no. One and three is not a good spot to be in for anybody ever. No, no one disputes that. Oh, listen. If the, if the uh, Chiefs, if the Chiefs lose this week to the Eagles and lose next week to the Bills, I still would think that they're going to make the playoffs. <laughs> I would too, but I would say their chances at at the division are drawing to an inside straight at that point but yeah no you, you nevertheless you're right uh the dolphins at one and three are in trouble but we'll see oh uh, we'll see I, I think it would be more dire for indianapolis to lose than the, the dolphins but both teams are uh in a bad way and and need need to win no no question about that i'm just trying to think of did, did it seem like Brissett was getting better as the game went along? Or did, Oakland, went fine. Or did the Raiders, did he fight okay? He, he threw the ball. You just called him Oakland, which you just upbraided me for calling. I did not. I stopped myself, actually. See, you're getting in my head by saying incorrect things, and I'm hearing it right now. So <laughs> this is very clearly your fault on this one. Oh, but, of course. But Brissett, it didn't seem like he was getting any better. It just it appeared like the Raiders' defense was getting worse and tired. 
Well, Brissett's pretty decent though, right? Like, so he's going to pick spots and make throws that matter because he's a competent quarterback and the Raiders are troubled on the back end. So these Raiders Raiders have yet to play a quarterback between Lamar, Ben and Brissett who can goddamn expose them. And I'm sitting at home waiting for someone to show what they are. That being said, their offensive line is way better than we thought. And their defensive line is really good. And when you're good on those two phases, you're just competitive. That's just football 101, right? And that's what the Raiders have. But I need to see someone throw on them. Well, Jeff and I both like the Dolphins here. I do, yeah. Yeah. I don't love it, but I'm really intrigued about this game. Like, in some ways, even though the Colts and Dolphins... Will this be our big screen game? No. Well... We'll get to that in a minute. We'll, after we get through the early games, we'll we'll get back to where we used to do the watchability index, but now we actually have that scenario where we only have eight TVs to put on. So, bye weeks are coming soon, boys. Don't worry. Can they just move two of these games to the afternoon slate? Is that too hard to do? They've never figured it out. Why start now? I guess so. I'll take Miami with you guys. I have no confidence in that. Cleveland in Minnesota. Minnesota is a two and a half point dog at home to the Browns. Uh, they're both two and one against. Was that a DC Tim? Yes. Well, there you go. Are you having a cig at the same time? No. Your fate. Your. I mean, nothing like having breakfast in the evening, is it? Yeah. <laughs> a cig and a DC, then probably another cig and a DC. That's a breakfast of champions right there. Over under in this game is fifty three and a half. One of the highest of the week. Let's see, it's third, third highest of the week. Minnesota's, I mean, they just absolutely, once they started putting the boots to Seattle, I knew that things were not going to be going my way for the rest of the week. And I don't know what happened to Seattle, uh, but it doesn't seem like Dalvin Cook is going to be back for this game. He might be back for this game, but it's not really looking that way. Obviously, Landry is out, but Beckham looked like Beckham again, at least the way that they were using him. So this just feels like a boat race type of game to me. I think that obviously Nick Chubb should have a better outing against the Vikings in this spot, but it might be the first time all year. You talked about the Raiders uh, not playing anyone who's you know going to like attack them deep, Jeff. Baker really hasn't had to do anything through three weeks yet besides make a few clutch throws, one or two a game to get a first down, maybe run for a first down, but it's mainly been hand the ball off, play good D, don't make mistakes, and that's always had to do, and it's worked out well for them. But Cousins is going to put up points here. So Baker's going to have to put up points too. And that leads me like, I don't know. Do we want to take the Browns in a shootout type situation? I am not there. I I'm not taking the Browns this week. I'm going to take Minnesota. I don't feel very comfortable about it. Uh, you know, you can make a case that this team is a field right there. Field goal back hallway from being three and oh, so I'm one of those people that are probably Excited a little bit again about Minnesota, therefore allowing people who want to bet the Browns a really nice opportunity to pick on the Bengals, or sorry, to pick on the Vikings with only having to lay one point. I am going to be one of those losers betting purple. Yeah, give me the home dog. The Vikings are clearly the better team in this game. How can you Uh, say that? (laughs) The Browns, again, allowed, as you said last week, the Bears, who could get an offensive yard to save their life they let them hang around in that game for far too long they threw away a game against the chiefs because they're sloppy and uh you know they, they won their, their middle game and that was fine but look i mean 
the Vikings should have beaten the Bengals. They should have beaten the Cardinals and they crushed Seattle. They're at home again. The Vikings play good football at home. I think I'm getting some particular value. I would take the money line before I took the points because I think that's what you should do here. But uh, I'm going to take the Vikings against the spread. I don't really think it's worth it to take the money line, to be perfectly honest. It's only plus 115. You might as well take the two and a half points, I think, just with it being that low. Like they've, they've adjusted the money line so people don't do that, it feels like. I get it, but the odds of, the, not, of them not uh, anyway I, what I are, yeah, hold on hold on what, what are the odds Tim? i think the you're just as likely to get a win as a cover like i, I don't see the vikings covering and losing for that way I think it, at two and a half i just don't see it okay i mean that's what i did with the falcons last week uh, and the saints when i ended i was like yeah, yeah let's do i want to take the two and a half yeah let's just bet them to win outright let's bet the falcons to win outright and see what happens i did the same thing with miami and that backfired on me but I, I, I get your logic behind doing that. You yeah, want- and the Dolphins game is three and a half, so it's a little different than two and a half. Yeah, I just thought they were going to win. And they should have won. Fair enough. I mean, I mean, I guess they shouldn't have won the game. And, yeah, anyway. I'll take Cleveland. I just think that Cleveland's going to be able to use their running backs to maximum effect. And people are a bit riding high. Like, what was this opening line? Uh, like, from a week ago, Jeff? Like, how much would the Browns have been favored by? Because I, I actually thought, like, going into the week, this would be Browns by, like, three and a half, but then all of a sudden Minnesota beat Seattle, and then it's less than a field goal. Because the Browns, I mean, we consider them to be an elite team, don't we? Yeah, I had that here a moment ago, and I was honestly surprised that it didn't move that much. I would have thought that nice win on Seattle would have left a really nice taste in their mouth, but I think people were somehow overrated the nine sacks and the even though the score was close, the dominating look of the Browns versus um, the Bears. So the line didn't really move. Okay. Giants and Saints. Saints are favored by eight. They're back at the Superdome this week. 43 is the over-under. If you're an eight-point favorite, the over-under is only 43. It's a real downtick to the Giants here. The defense for the Saints is legit good. And I think that was the main issue in week two when they were missing half their defense due to injury and then all of their coaching staff essentially due to COVID protocols. And now they got those guys back and they can shut people down. And we even saw it last week. Like they tried to get anything going, crossing routes over the middle. They were pressuring Mac Jones the entire time. They weren't letting him do anything. And they were spying out of the backfield. They were not going to let anyone beat them horizontally. Horizontally. So even if it is Daniel Jones, Danny Fums trying to get to the outside and then turn a corner, I think the Saints are actually well equipped to defend that. The problem is it's the eight, and the Saints offense looks like trash. I might take the Giants plus eight. And I think the Saints win this game. Like th- th- this, Tim, I would expect to be in, on your teaser. It is the first end of a four team, six point tease. Yes. Yeah. See, that ma- doesn't this feel like Saints by three? Sure. I could see it, although I'm going to pick them to cover the number two. Only because I think they are head and shoulders better than the Giants. Although, to give the Giants their due, they played admirably against Washington and they took the Falcons down to the final gun. They just didn't uh, lay flat on the ground and let the other team step all over them for three straight games. So I'll give the the Giants that much. But uh, yeah, I just think the Saints are cut above. And I expect them in the first game in the Dome, that play should be electric. And I think the Giants are in some real trouble there. So we're going to tease the, the Saints down and we're going to take the Saints against the number as well. Yeah, I'm going to take the Giants plus eight. Like I said, Jeff, I think it's just too many points for this offense, which looks kind of terrible. 
I don't know the last time the books, I don't know the last time the books asked Jameis to cover a touchdown or when do we think the last time he actually did it was. So yeah, I get what like you're saying, Pat. It's like, oh, the Saints are better, but that number's too big and Jameis on a touchdown. I don't want to do it. I'm going to take the Saints. It's their first game back home. I faded them all month like an idiot, like an idiot. Um, I was right on the Carolina game, but I was really wrong about last week, really wrong about week one. Um, so it's a team that I'm having a hard time with, but it's the Giants who could be staring uh, a battle of New York on the race to Owen 17. People think, Pat, people think that I hate the Dolphins. That's just some, that's just Jewish day school uh, stuff. Okay, that's just me among my friends. That's nothing real. That's just Jewish day school, Jewish overnight camp, having to stare at some penance that their boobies brought them home. I didn't want to look at my real detest right now might be these New York football giants <laughs> because my soul is vindictive and it's not healthy. And it was Eli Manning day last week and they lost the goddamn Falcons. And everyone knows everyone knows. Gettleman wanted Herbert so bad. And then Justin said, you know what? I'm going back to school. And Gettleman drafted Daniel Jones. So if there's a team on the planet that I wish the most extensive quarterback purgatory for, it's them. Tim, who was the senator who was in charge of the internet and described it as a series of tubes? Yes. Uh, what was that? Ste- was it Stevens from Alaska? Yes, it was Ted Stevens from Alaska. So that uh, that's what Gettleman reminds me of. I mean, Herbert might have come out to go play for the Giants, but you know, Gettleman's email got lost in the tubes. Remember that picture of Gettleman with his like binders and twenty-five-year-old computer in front of him? Yeah, he looked like Joe Girardi uh, on the bench, <laughs> trying to figure out whether to lay down a sack punt. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't know what else to say other than the Giants are unimpressive, but at least they're playing for their coach. So give them that. Well, yeah, if you don't play for him, you got to run laps after practice. Well, I, I, fair enough. I mean, that, that, they're a joke organization, too. Let's get it straight. Gotham football is, uh, is in dire straits right now. When do we start referring to it as Newark football? We're not there yet. It's pretty close. Fortunately, well, they, play- no, they play just across the water by that weird soccer stadium, which I always... Yeah, like a mile as the crow flies from the... I stadium. need a disclaimer. I understand I lost. Like, I'd give my nuts for those Super Bowl rings Eli has. <laughs> but we are just where we are today, and I'll live in the present. Oh, this oh, is... Yeah. This is going to be fun. That's a jumbo jet, Tim. They're eight-point dogs at home against the Titans. How are they only eight-point dogs? Are, are the books trying to trying to sucker me here? What's what's going I, on? I don't understand. Is it because A.J. Brown is out? Like, Derrick Henry will have a 1,000 rushing yards. <laughs> thousand. Uh, like, so let's start hey, with Hey, hold on. The, the Jets have been, like, okay against the run. Yes. The one thing that I can give the Jets and Solace against some credit for is despite that defense having very little skill, he's whipped them into shape, and they're playing decent defense. He's been a great defensive coordinator, but I was promised a head coach. I was promised somebody who could organize and motivate a franchise. He put Michael Fleur in charge of the offense, who doesn't know what he's doing and isn't calling plays that make any sense. They had one drive against Denver where they were moving the ball quickly, efficiently, and then they just went away from it. Okay, stop. stop. Hold, hold on. Hold on. I'm going to stop you right there. Jeff, 
you should have seen Tim on the drive that he's talking about, which just involved like 14 Zach Wilson two-yard throws, like fist pumps, that's how it's done. Like yelling at the TV. It was incredible. I was excited. Also, and just for reference, just so you know this, uh, there was a play where he got sacked and he he went down with the ball and Cus called it a ceiling play from Zach Wilson that he didn't fumble. Oh, it was a blindside hit where there, there aren't five quarterbacks in the NFL who don't fumble that ball, but Zach has the perception to, to know how to protect that ball when he got hit. That is a ceiling play. I mean, like, <laughs> even with dark, dark clouds or silver linings. But the offense is flat. Mims needs to be playing. Yeah. He can take the top off a of defense. When they played him against the Panthers, he played really well and made that big catch. He needs to be out there. I don't understand what they think they're doing. They don't put Zach in opportunities to succeed. They have one drive where it makes sense, and then they go away from it completely. The offense can't get a yard. Like, the receivers are quitting on balls. The offense, I saw somebody on Reddit put up a bunch of turnstiles and and said that's the Jets' uh, offensive line. That's how they looked. They aren't blocking. They aren't working as a team. What can Zach do? What could anybody do back there when you're just being bombarded constantly? Has Zach played great? No. He's made mistakes. He's a rookie. That's going to happen. Both of the picks this week were picks, in my opinion, the receivers quit on. Never his fault, ever. But nevertheless, this team has no gumption. It has no oomph. It has six points in the last two games. It has 20 points through three games. Like, they're just, it's so discouraging to watch your team lay completely flat and dead on the ground. Like they just have nothing. They're completely lifeless finished. It is so heartbreaking. Like, and now they're only eight point dogs at home against the Titans who are like a Super Bowl contender. What's wrong with you? Tennessee will eat their lunch. What can the, what can the jets do? What, what scenario is that? Do I wake up on Monday morning and the jets have won? This is like Homer dreaming he knocked out Dredderick Tatum because he had a heart condition before he got in the ring. That's about the only way you could imagine the Jets getting this game is if the Titans forfeit. I don't imagine how the, the, the Jets got shut out last week. The Jets might get shut out again this week. I wouldn't put it past us. We have like two touchdowns in three games and no touchdowns in the last two games. What, what am I hoping for? What do I want to see? Oh, we're going to have the first pick overall. Okay, so we can probably trade that for, I don't know, three first round picks that'll all be wasted on people who don't play. And then what we're going to have to go with a new GM and a new coach to institute a new system, which also won't work. What do I have to hope for? What do I have to be optimistic about? At least the other teams are trying and working hard. My team, like that, that's that line from uh, Hemingway's death in the afternoon that the bull was already dead in the ring. He just didn't know it yet. This team is dead in the ring. It just doesn't know it yet. It's discouraging. The Titans are on the teaser to be sure the Titans at minus eight and a half are on the very short list or eight, sorry, are the short list for super lock. And they're on the short list for survivor, which says a heck of a lot to be thinking a road team in week four. The, the jets are bare. They're embarrassing me. I'm a fan. I was there before any of those guys ever got on that team. And I will be there long after they're all gone. I, I am devoted to that team cut through thicker thin, but they're making me upset. They're making me feel sick. To my stomach. I drove home Sunday evening after those five o'clock games, sick. My, my stomach was growling and not from hunger, 
but from just just anger and uh, sadness and frustration and disgust at that team. It's embarrassing for me to wear my Jet stuff right now. It's embarrassing to put my Jumbo Jet hat on because this team isn't even doing the professional courtesy I expect of trying. Listen, boys, if you're losing every game, but you're fighting your hardest, then I salute you. But you're not even trying, it doesn't seem like. And then when people make legitimate criticisms of players online, because uh, they're getting shut out, well, you don't know anything about the game. Really? You think it's a right move to let the defensive tackles have free rushes at the second pick overall in the draft? What's going on here? Uh, it's, 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 all, it's all darkness and despair right now for the Jets. Somehow the Giants seem like they're in a better position. And who would have said that a year ago? I don't understand how you go from having the preseason MVP and having an offense that was clicking in the preseason. Don't forget the look- don't don't forget not only the preseason MVP, the week one second half MVP, according to you. Indisputably so, and and having reason to be hopeful after one week and the last two weeks to be just such putrid nonsense with no hope that it'll get better. I don't know. Uh, that's the end of the rant. I'm just disgusted with my team right now. My, very, very upset. My main question to you is, when was it ever acceptable to wear Jets gear? When has that not been sad? We've been to back-to-back championship games. How'd that this work team out? The playoffs quite a bit. How'd that work uh, out? You know, this is, again, the marquee franchise in the AFC in a lot of ways. I'm <laughs> not upset Christ. about it. But right now, it's just like, it's pitiful. It's just to be a Jets fan right now is pitiful. Uh, Jeff, you know, Jeff, can I yeah. lay you out a scenario where the Jets not only cover, but they win this game? I mean, is the oh, scenario yeah. Tim just bailed? So that's the logic that I would use. You would to have to fall the Jets because the universe on La Brea. That's what would have to happen. Your new, fa- your new favorite is. show, La Brea. I, yeah. I just... No, I, 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 I actually have like a way that they win this game. Besides being reverse cursed now, which is probably a good thing, although secretly he's rooting for them. So I, I don't know how that really conflicts. But here's the thing. Rooting for them. Here's the thing. Tim did point out, and I've seen it too, like the run defense is not horrible. Can you slow down Derrick Henry? I mean, that's a big ask. The answer is probably not. But if they're going to cover and win, then yes, they would have to slow down Derrick Henry just a little bit. So you can do that. Let's say that happens. And then there's no... A.J. Brown, more than likely. Julio's a bit banged up. You have our new guy, whatever the hell his name is, Nick Westbrook Akina. Um, is he going to strike the fear of God into you? Ferkser's all banged up. The offensive line isn't all that great, especially at pass blocking. I mean, when you have Ryan Tannehill out there looking like Michael Vick, yeah, maybe he can make some stuff happen. I agree that they should probably be bigger favorites than this, but there's something fishy about it. Now, on the other side of the ball, Cust, who have the Jets played so far? The Panthers, the Patriots, and the Broncos. What do those three teams have in common, Jeff? Panthers, Patriots, and Broncos? Good defenses. Pass rush and good defenses. What don't the Titans have? The worst. Like, that's that's the thing. When Tim's like, we're going to get shut out this week, that's when in my head I'm like, okay, now you've got to – you're being way too dramatic. The Titans could not shut anyone out, not even your Jets – Tim, even like Wentz on one foot, that game was like 21-15 for most of it, or like a five-point game um, for most of it. The only, the other side here for me, Pat, and I'm going to pick the Jets just because Tim is, he's uh, just fading Tim on, on him going against his team. But the Titans are really good at bullying a team that, like if Tim's actually, they haven't, he's watched every snap, and they have no heart, they have no hustle, they have no effort, 
the Titans are a team that will bully you off the goddamn field. Yeah, I, I wouldn't agree with you. I wouldn't disagree with you with that. I just think that, man, Tim, it's a Corey Davis revenge situation against the Titans. Oh, we can try for a change. That'd be nice. Okay, every, every pick is actually Corey Davis's fault, if you didn't know, Jeff. Uh, even when the ball is nowhere near him, it's like, oh, he should have been there to catch it, though, instead of the other team. I Just this feels like the one opportunity the Jets have against a team with a pretty lax pass rush that maybe we do see something from them. Jamison Crowder might be back this week. It looked like Michael or Michael Carter got benched last week after dropping two pretty easy passes. Uh, Elijah Moore's not playing that can, based on his performance so far, can only really be a good thing for this team. I don't know, eight Seems like not enough, but at the same time, if I just played that script out in my mind, it feels like the Titans could, you know, maybe cover Tim's teaser, win by three, win by four. But it's a game where if the second half MVP comes through, Tim, they can backdoor cover this game. Uh, listen, Zach's adjusted completion percentage is 70%. So that would be. Does the that, way is that is, when you say adjusted completion percentage, does that mean like when he throws it to the other team and they catch it too? Stop it. Just stop it. You know what it is. I'm not even going to dignify that. Look, you know, you can laugh at me, but like I'm laughing back. Like this team is terrible and heartless. And uh, I don't know, like what, what is the point of mocking them? They're, they're doing it to themselves. I can't, I, like I can't wait. I mean, I, 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 I like how you've kind of built this into you too. Cause you just called the Titans a legit Super Bowl contender. So, so when the Jets beat them this week, how all in are you going to be? <laughs> well, we have Atlanta next week. Oh, know. there it is. Back to two and, and three, ready to go. But anyway, no, I'm not playing that game. And then the Patriots. But anyway, I'm not playing that game. Oh, it, oh, oh, oh you know what? You win this week. You pull the upset on the Titans. You beat the Falcons in London, which is basically a home game, according to you, because Woody Johnson the, is the de facto king of England, according to you. <laughs> and then you go on by. Then you get in, in Victor Becton back on the offensive line, and things are looking up again. I mean, you're painting a scenario that I hope comes to pass, but... I fear this is going to be like a 28 to nothing thrashing of the Jets. And I refuse to let myself get my hopes up. I'll just say it now. Titans are going to be my survivor pick. Put oh, Jets outright. Let's Jets just outright. No, no, Tim's really trying to, to, to pull the reverse curse here. You know that, right? No, I'm not. There's no reason. To, what, what do I want to reverse curse them for? So they win a game? And they, they, they're not going to do anything this year. What am I trying to you, Listen, you, you begged last year for them to win a game. because Well, I want a win, but this is not the game I expect them to win. They have Jacksonville later on in the year. Hey, they, 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 they beat the Rams last year. Yeah, they have. I'm sure, listen, they're probably not going to go 0-17. They have a couple of games that, that, that'll be close. Not against it. The Titans are a darn good football So, But they got, just to confirm, they've run out, like, have they had to stop at the gas station yet? Like, they've a lot of gas without any brake. Like, <laughs> yeah, what's going they, on they, there? They've just got the, the car with the parking brake on in neutral and just flooring the gas pedal. Well, that's good. <laughs> they, I, I've heard that if that's the case with the parking brake on, then they have someone that at least can push that car up a hill. He's hurt. <laughs> that car was going backwards with the parking brake on, and he pushed it up a hill. I will not believe anything otherwise. Do you think that led to his blown out kneecap? No, it's just a terrible, unfortunate luck did. Okay. Kansas City at Philadelphia. I am very excited for this game. Uh, I don't necessarily know why. I just love watching Jalen Hurts play. 
because it feels like anything can happen every time he drops back. He has the the year one, year two Josh Allen quality to him. It's like, oh, he's back in the pocket. I don't know what's going to happen now. It could be the worst pass. It could be the best pass. It could be the most exciting run. He could just run around in circles for 30 yards. It's just must-watch TV. I'm really digging it. Kansas City, I don't think, has covered a spread in... I guess they beat the beat the pants off the Bills in the playoffs last year. But in the regular season, Jeff, I think it's been like three like three full months, 12 games or something like that since they've like covered a spread. It's been a while, and this, this is probably only going to go up as people talk themselves in. It's like, ah, oh, well, the Chiefs can't lose again, and they probably won't lose again, but I don't think it's completely off the table with how terrible their defense is. Although their defense seemed like they played a little bit better against the Chargers, but you know, these stupid mistakes are killing them. I love the Chiefs this week. And it's just blind like I think a lot of people. They'll win. They'll cover. It seems like, I don't know, they're, they're, they're being a whipping boy in sort of like the national media football today. Everything is fine with the Chiefs under the old football construct. Uh, but that involves teams punting on fourth down. If everyone now is just going to bring a video game approach, like kind of the Ravens did in the second half and the Chargers did through multiple points in that game to playing the Chiefs, then maybe they're in big trouble because it's easy to sort of call. Uh, it's easier to call third and three when you know you're going for it on fourth down. And maybe that's what Eagles are going to do all day. Maybe well, that's what you got to do. Well, the, the but I'm not here. Hold on. The sky is falling yet. I, say the, I don't think the sky is falling. Like they could lose this game, although. Uh, what the hell is his name? Nick Sirianni might be too distracted with that Sopranos movie coming out this week. So maybe he's not like fully into the game film. He's just really anticipating that coming out. He won't have his full attention on the game. I, I am too. Yeah, I think it looks great too. I'm going to watch it, obviously. But I mean, Nick Sirianni, he's going to be there for the Sopranos 100%. But I think they could backdoor cover this game. Sure. Like you just said, the Chiefs have a knack for not covering games. So, which is why they're the third part of the teaser and we'll bring them down to minus one. And I'm going to lay the seven with them, but not with the same amount of confidence only because outside of that Atlanta game, Philadelphia's offense has looked impotent. 11 points against the 49ers, even with that touchdown called back last night, seven of their points came on a fumble in the end zone. Like they just haven't been able to, and it's not like Dallas has a top tier defense and uh, they just couldn't seem to move the ball. So you know that New, uh, that Kansas City is going to score a bunch of points. So it, to, to cover, Philadelphia is going to as well. They're going to have to look more like they did against the Falcons. Now, I am concerned, and I've heard from people who are saying, oh, well, you compared Zach to Mahomes, and Mahomes threw two picks, and the Chiefs head coach went to the hospital, and look what <laughs> you've done to the Chiefs. I was like, no, this has nothing to do with that. Uh, that's just bad luck and coincidence. You I predicted love the Chiefs to be <laughs> Bat, like. I predicted them to have a Super Bowl hangover for them. I expected them to be a wild card rather than a division winner. And they'll be fine. Like they'll be a wild card team, I think, probably, or a division winner. Uh, probably wild card, because now, I mean, the Chargers have a distinct advantage with the first end of the tiebreak and uh, an easier schedule and, uh, you know, a, a pretty good team. And so, anyway, my, my point stands that. I am still a little bit worried about what the chiefs are going to do next week. I do think they come off the mats and absolutely eviscerate Buffalo because if they don't play well in this game and Buffalo crushes the, uh, the Texans, 
what's that spread going to be next week at Arrowhead for the Bills? Chiefs like, two and Chiefs, a half. Two, two and a half, not even the full three at Arrowhead. Like, I don't know. I, I'm really, really looking forward to grabbing Kansas City next week. Uh, so I hope they take Philly apart. Or I hope the game is close enough that we get a good number next week. But uh, I think they'll cover this, this spread because I don't think Philly can score enough. I'll, I'll, I like Kansas City a lot and, and up to a touchdown. I really do. Well, it's up to a touchdown now. It's minus uh, it's seven. And it's yeah, gonna, so and, and it's, and it's gonna it's, seven, it's gonna go up. Then I, that's where I would be less inclined to be excited about it. But but I think it even opened at six and a half, and I, I guess I should have bet it based on my excitement. But um, up until that touchdown, I I'm happy to lay the points with them this week. Would you be worried if you were watching the pregame? It's like, oh, here's everyone warming up. Oh, and there's Patrick Mahomes on the sideline. What's he doing? Oh, he's eating Tide Pods like Zoomer Zach. <laughs> stop it. That wouldn't be good news. That would, that might sway some opinions. Yeah, I bet it would. I his bet. brother might eat Tide Pods, but not him. <laughs> no, we'll see. He's turning into Zach Wilson. It's not good news. Watchability index. So, Jeff, can you help us program our TVs for the week? I, this is what I want to yeah, know. I'm looking at the this is this here. is this is what I want to know in the comment section. So, we have our main TV. That's the giant one in the center. We have six TVs around it. One of them is allocated for red zone. Then we have another 55 inch below that as well. So, we have the main TV and six games. So, two of them get cut. What is the main game this week? Is it? I would say Panthers, two. Panthers Dallas. Panthers Vikings. Dallas or Philly KC. I, as you mentioned, both quarterbacks are incredibly entertaining. That's and true. This, like that would be the game. If I, if you said Feinberg, you're coming over, you get the pick. Uh, that's, that's the game. That's the game. The chiefs are kind of what's going to happen with them is as intriguing and important to the long term of the season as anything else happening right now. I want Browns Vikings. You said you expect that to be a boat race. Those are two good teams. Yeah, I think that's very. I think that's in contention as well. I think that's a really good call because we have to have Miami on because the Dolphins fan will be there. We'll have to have the Jets on because you're there. Paul's going to be there, so the Bills have to be on the entire time. So there's there's three games spoken for. <laughs> so then you have Kansas City and Philly, Cleveland, Minnesota, Carolina, and Dallas. There's six. That leaves us with one more game to put on. Well, we know that Detroit and Chicago doesn't have to be. But it should, because I would like if Fields plays as no, a no, fan. No. Washington and Atlanta doesn't have to be on. What about Jack? I guess no, Jackson. That's uh, the Thursday night game. What about we, we New, keep New Orleans Giants? I yeah, would that lose can that. also be off. If, 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 if it gets that. close, we'll we'll worry about. It. We'll, we'll call that. Me and my buddies, because we're sort of in the same spot where something usually has to die, and it kind of not even fantasy. Like we don't give a shit about your YR two on your fantasy team. It's sort of like if you got a nice bet on a game, we'll find a TV for it. And then we'll find the game that we don't No one sort of has a nice bet on. And that's the game that you can uh, put to the laptop or something. Yeah, we, we just started getting rid of the laptop. Wasn't worth it. It's just so much smaller than all the other screens. Yeah, it's, you're right. And it's no actually hard to watch. Attention to it. And one guy who likes that game kind of just puts it on his lap and, and sort of reports, shouts things out of, of significance when they happen. That's sort of what's happening at my scene. Maybe, maybe that's the news. Like, I have two iPads. Tim, you have an iPad. Paul has like 18 tablets. Maybe that's what we'll do. We'll hand out tablets at the door. If you want a specific game that's not on, you can just watch <laughs> it on your lap. The full, like it. the full Mayo Media headquarters experience. Uh, everything is just customized to your liking. It's like fleur de lis. Now I can't remember what that line from LA Confidential is. Something, something pleasure. 
Damn it. I need to watch LA Confidential again. It's one of my favorite movies. Now, I, it's been so many years since I've seen it. Now it's all Kevin Spaceying it out of my head. Not in that way. He's actually in the movie. So that's, anyway, shouldn't bring up Kevin Spacey. Not a good move. Cuss Corner Mini. Cuss Corner, it's Cuss Corner. Cuss Corner, it's Cuss Corner. He's got the hottest takes with the highest stakes. He should be president of the United States, but it's Cuss Corner, it's Cuss Corner. Cuss Corner. <laughs> what do you got, Tim? Well, it sounded like you had something. No, no, I want listen, it's Cuss Corner, it's your corner. Let's hear it. So, something that we've been discussing recently and i made a note of is and every now and then i feel like i need to stand up and advocate something for the people that even though and i will make the disclaimer i am not a safety expert i am not uh you know i don't know everything there is to know about safety but there are some things that i do to ensure that i am safe and doing things safely that work for me so i've got a list of them here not ranked but a list of them that i follow and uh, I, i believe in strongly First, I believe very, very strongly in making sure you throw out food the second the expiry date hits. The day after the expiry date, it's gone out of the fridge, out of the cupboard, wherever it is, got to go. No good. Hold on. Uh, now, go. we, we went over this with you that most of the things that you're calling an expiry date are just a best before date, which doesn't mean it's, it doesn't mean it's expired. You know what? You know how I'm extra safe? I never eat anything past its best before date. No Sounds like you're being wasteful. No, it's, you know, I don't eat food that's perished. I'm sorry. But you don't know, you don't know that it's perished. Did you give it a smell? I'm not, no, absolutely. I'm not going to do that out. It's got a date when the date passes. No, thank you. In the trash, it goes, if I want it bad enough, I'll buy it again. It's no hardship. Sorry, Tim too rich. Don't leave lights on, particularly when there's thunder and lightning. The lightning can go right through the electricity and blow things up. Don't ever do that. You just sit. Turn do you, do you, do you just sit in the dark when there's thunder and lightning? I turn off. When I was young and we used to go, it was at my grandmother's. If there was a thunder and lightning storm, she would unplug the phone from the wall. She would unplug the TV. Everything would be unplugged. And I'd have to read with a flashlight with batteries. Now, I'm not that bad, but I turn all the lights off. Because I just am not, co- I, I'm afraid that a surge will come through the system and blow things up. Like my TV has a surge protector that it's plugged into. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. But like my nightlight, my lamps, they aren't pl- plugged into surge protectors. So if the lightning comes right through the system and blows it up, I can't protect it. So to be safe, I unplug and turn off lights that are on during lightning storms. When, when you, you're do you make the- sure you go and unplug your car uh, phone charger so your car doesn't blow up during the lightning storm? Well, it's not getting any power to it when the car is not on. So there's no risk of that. When I'm at the gym and I use the treadmill, I always, always, always <laughs> put the safety button string around my wrist or on my person <laughs> because when tragedy or, or accident strikes, you want to be able to make sure that that thing turns off immediately. I want to fell flat on my face running on a treadmill and it stopped instantly because I had the thing attached to me so that I, that, that didn't keep going. I didn't fly off it like you see on a cartoon. I, well, uh, here's the thing. If you have the safety thing around your wrist, which means you're probably not running very hard for one thing. Because I was it, running hard. How, well, what's running hard for you? I, I guess that's probably what it is. Because most people- At you know, that point, I was probably running at a 6.5. Okay, so not fast whatsoever. That's pretty fast for me. I'm not. I, I'm not. I don't have a lot of celerity. Let's say. Okay. So that's fast for me. But 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 here's the thing though. I, the thing I don't understand about 
the the safety thing at the gym. It just seems like it would get in your way more than anything. It's like even when you're running on a treadmill and like sometimes you're running and like you check your phone, you like accidentally graze it and it shuts off. It's just very tilting for one thing because it's, you know, you're working your way up at a very top speed. You have a good pace going. You don't want to stop because once you do stop, Getting it back is, you know, sometimes you just can't get there and then it's game over. You have to do a cool down. Like you're, you're out of that mindset. Yeah. So you're willing to take risks and chances with your health and safety. I'm not. Well, I, I, I'm, all, I'm also not one who's going to trip over my shoelace and fall on the treadmill. That's what happened. Time. My shoelace got caught in the belt and I tripped and fell. How did first. your shoelace get caught in the belt, Tim? Did you have your shoes tied? It came untied. Okay. Then, then step off the treadmill. Just jump off, notice. stand on the sides like a normal person, and then tie your shoe and jump back I on. I didn't notice. I didn't notice. How do you not and notice? Was, you didn't feel your shoe getting loose? I guess I didn't. I didn't notice. I was running so fast and was so intense on what I was doing. I oh didn't notice. And listening to my music or whatever, or my podcast, I don't even know what I was listening to, but it got caught and I fell. And because I had the emergency thing turn off, when I hit, I didn't fly off. The, you should always put that on. It's the same as if you play a, a Wii, a Nintendo Wii. There's that little strap on the controller <laughs> to put through a wrist through so that you don't throw it and it doesn't break things. I can just imagine if you don't use that, you could throw it and hit your TV. That The strap is not there just to look cool. It's there for safety purposes. Use that wrist strap. So you have you, you have safety tips for the uncoordinated, is what you're saying. Because the, here's 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 my thing. If I'm running on a treadmill and I have that thing tied around my wrist, one, I'm just gonna pull it off like three times, like as I'm moving my arms while I'm running. Two, if I fall, by the time I hit the treadmill and the thing comes out, the treadmill's still going. It's not like it goes from like 8.5 on the treadmill to not moving anymore. You realize it stops almost, almost immediately. Never happens. Never happens. I've hit, I've hit the switch enough times to know it's a casual go down. It's not like it's no, going, it's going, 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 stop. It stops pretty quickly. Oh, when you're not going fast. Sure. Do you do it when you're walking on a treadmill too? Yes. And I do walk to start to warm up with yeah, an ankle. Sure. And you, and you tie it around that when you're going at like 2.5. I always use the emergency button. It's there to be used, I believe, in better safe than sorry. Same with when you're mowing your lawn. Take all preparations. Wear the eye protection. Wear the ear protection. Wear foot Tim, protection. Tim. Be Tim. 100% safe. Wear the earmuffs if you need to. Be 100 And it's the same when you shovel. Make sure you take multiple, multiple breaks when you're shoveling your driveway. Don't <laughs> rush it people you can have uh, you people have had problems with their hearts or injuries in the past from overextending during shoveling take multiple there's nothing wrong with taking several breaks while while shoveling the snow out of your driveway like i said i'm not a safety expert and i'm not pretending to be but these are safety tips that i use that i believe in uh, strongly and i think that they that they they make my life more safe this actually explains a lot, Jeff, because did you know when Tim goes and gets a tug, he wears two condoms? Oh, stop it. Just stop it. <laughs> and I thought that that's supposed to be unsafe. You thought it was what? I thought I had learned in school that that's unsafe. What, two condoms? Yes. I mean, one condom's pretty unsafe. You're not trying to have... You're going against God, Tim, if you're wearing a condom. My point is, I thought that I'd learned in school. That Condoms are for sailors, Tim. <laughs> they, anyway. go, they go from port to port. <laughs> My point was, these safety tips are ones that I use, and it's up to you whether you want to use them or not, but I think they make a lot of sense, and they, they abide by the, the common sense rules. 
if you want to be more risky and you want to live fast and take chances, you know, that's your prerogative, but not me. Jeff, would you think, just would you live your life so fast and recklessly that you wouldn't have earmuffs on when you're mowing your lawn? <laughs> Some sort of ear protection. They don't have to be muffs. They can be earplugs or even earphones. Just something to protect your eardrums from the unmitigated noise of the mower. Yeah, do you, even, do, do you even, Paul wants to know, do you even mow your own lawn? Yes, I mow a lawn. Do you? Do you? Yes, I do. I actually like mowing in some ways. I find it to be therapeutic. I like to see all the straight lines back and forth, and then I can try to challenge myself to make sure that that tire mark goes exactly along the previous tire mark. And why don't you advocate for thermos breaks or, or you know, popsicle breaks when you're mowing your lawn? Like, yeah, well, I'm not out there. It's not, it's not as much of a strenuous activity. Shoveling is very, very, it's one of the best workouts you can do. And when you're shoveling thick, heavy snow, you want to make sure, oh, you think you're a big, tough guy and you can do it all quick. Like people think they need to bring all the groceries in in one turn. No, which no, which you should. Time. I don't. I like to take my time. Cowardly. Shovel, a few, do six or seven pa uh, you know, swipes, and then take a moment and take a breath. And uh, don't be afraid to take breaks. Like it's, it's good for you. You're not in a rush uh, most of the time. Uh, hey, just you don't have to put kids to... I... No, even if you don't have kids, even if you have nothing to do, no one likes shoveling. You want to get it done with as quickly as possible. Yeah, but you don't want to take any unnecessary risks in doing so. What risks? I Listen, Tim, I am, have I, I, I am at no risk of anything happening to me besides maybe me throwing my back out, which could really happen if I sneeze at any point. So, Well, why that, risk hurting that, your back? Don't extend, oh, what, what do you mean? Because I can hurt my back doing legitimately anything. The last well, time, I'm, the last time I threw out my back, I was getting laundry. I was getting the laundry out of the dryer, and I fell into the dryer. Just slipped this <laughs> boom in there. Shoveling, it's never yeah. happened. I'm just saying, I do these things to be. It's better to be safe than sorry. That's the, one of my mottos. Jeff, do you remember I told you about uh, main character syndrome that Tim suffers from? Yeah. Do you recall a time when he told us that story about him having to like pester the people at Costco to find out where stuff is? Yeah. We found out this week that Tim goes to the grocery store and just harasses the employees asking them where everything is before he's ever tried to look for any of these things. He treats them well, like a personal shopper. That's <laughs> not entirely what I said. What'd you what say? What I said was, when I go into the grocery store and I grab the flyer, if I don't know the where the flyer? thing is, I expect that the people at customer service or whomever are familiar with the flyer because they're supposed to be. And they can I, tell Hold on. Me, I worked at a grocery store. I worked in the produce department. Not once were we ever required to know what was in the flyer. Never happened. I would think they should be familiar with what's in the flyer because people are going to ask about it because that's one of the things they're so, looking so, so here's the thing. Me, on my experience of actually having done this job versus you never done the job know what's going on my point is i will if i don't know where something is like if i knew like if i know exactly where the thing is i'm not going to ask for any help but like oh look these ice cream sandwiches are on sale and i want them well there's like three aisles with freezer cases i'm not spending all that time looking up and down there's one area with ice cream so i'll just ask do you know where these are or can you show me where they are please and i no one's ever said anything other than yes sir or here's where it is like it's never been a problem 
There's three. There's three aisles with with grocers, freezers. They all have signage as to what might be in them. The yeah, one that says ice cream is where you need to go. One, I'm going to walk down there and look. Just just tell me. Just tell me where it is. It's not hardship. It's customer service. <laughs> so like I can just I, either I, if you want to escort me, great. I'd like that too. But if not, just tell me where I, to look. Oh, it's in the last aisle. Oh, it's in the second aisle. It's halfway down. That's all I ask. You're and so I've never, needy. I've never had an issue. I've so always needy. been accommodated. So I don't think it's that problematic because it seems like I bet you a lot of people must do it because they, there's, no one gets their dander up above. They go, oh, yes, sir. Okay. It's in this aisle, uh, uh, you know, halfway down. Oh, thank you very much. You can, you don't have we've the wherewithal. We've all done that. We've all, we've all done that. My wife sends me to look for things. Sure. I don't know but you try, are. but you try to look for it first. Yes, of course. No, I'm not going to try to I look mean, it's a, I don't know where it is. I guess in defense of Tim, if I'm like on my way to going to find it and I see a stock boy, I'd be like, do you know where X might be? And they'd be like, sure, aisle six. But if he says, I'm not sure, I don't give a shit. I'll just like keep walking. So yeah, I, I no one has said that. if no one has said to me, oh, I don't know. Because if they said that, I'd say, well, can you tell, ask somebody who does? Oh, my God. <laughs> so you would sit there. Harass, harass a poor 16-year-old. Find someone else, ask them, and then continue your journey. And well, just like Tim also thinks that everyone who works at the grocery store is not only his personal shopper, but his customer service. Like you run into someone in the aisles, they're not really customer service. They're there to stock the shelves. That's really all they maybe they And sometimes that guy doesn't even work for the store. He's the, like the free oh, yeah, well, no, guy. Somebody's got a uniform on from like Lay's and they're putting chips on the You know, you would mo you, have you told okay. Do you do you know that? Or do you know that because you've asked those people? I've asked them and they've told me, I don't know, sir, I don't work here. And you know, I, can you I, find I, someone I, who does? No, no, you just let it go because they don't work for the store. But like, and I've had people say, oh, well, I don't know where the horseradish is. I work in the bakery. It's like, oh, okay, that's fine. Like, I understand. But like, they told me why they wouldn't know. But like, if so, I'm, again, I actually haven't encountered problems. People have been very accommodating of me and the very simple requests that I've been making. And there's nothing wrong with asking. I'm not, a, I'm not so proud and not so arrogant and not so stubborn that I won't ask for a little bit of help when I'm looking for something. But you're not trying to do anything for yourself. Why should I have to? You're like, oh, uh, where's this brand of cookie? Well, it's probably by the fucking cookies. But you know what? I'm there to spend my money. And sometimes the cookies aren't in the cookie aisle. They're where, like are they? where are they? Where are they? Where are the, where are the cookie? Where are the where, tell me about the cookies that aren't in the cookie aisle. Sometimes Chippehoys aren't in the Chippehoy aisle. They're like in a special display next to potato chips or whatever. Like they would still be in the chip aisle. They would still be in the cookie aisle. They just have a separate setup for them to make it more places where you can encounter them, where you wouldn't have just, to ask anyone. Imagine, like, imagine the lack of self-respect you need to have that you can't think. Should we bring you on a scavenger hunt? And we just go around like asking people around the streets, where's this? Where's this? I can't look for it myself. How could I possibly know where it is? With, oh, that street sign right there is actually it. Oh, I could have just looked up. You can do that at the grocery store. It says cookies. You can walk down that aisle and have a look. Look, I'm there to spend my money and patronize the store. I'm the customer. The least you can do is if I don't know genuinely where something is, you can just tell me. Take two seconds. Yes, sir. It's in aisle 12 or it's in aisle seven or you know what? Just a sec. Come follow me. I'll show you exactly where they are. It's no hardship. It's very reasonable. You're just being stubborn. I'm not, I'm not being stubborn. stubborn. I think that you should actually go try to find these things by yourself. I, I agree with both of you. Like in the Thank sense you. that when Tim is standing in front of three aisles, freezers 
he could just go figure out which one has the ice cream. He could, well, he could, he like, could, you could look at the sign that says ice cream and you know it's that aisle. Yeah, but I get also like, Tim, okay, I, I need horseradish. I don't know what that like, I guess, sauces or con. I don't uh, Sir, where where is that? Like, I don't mind that. But there's like the like to, to have to ask someone where ice cream sandwiches are. We're, it's well, as identifiable not, not as the frozen where aisle. The, where's that type of them? Are they on the top of it? They're and we live in Canada. Imagine at least if you lived in the States where everything actually had five aisles. Yeah, fair enough. Imagine if you needed to get like, imagine if a certain type of cereal was on sale at a Kroger and you went, it would take an hour to find it. Anyway, my point stands. I'm right about this. A lot of people do this. Yeah. Do do, do you know which people do this? 85 year old people. Before that, enough people have enough self-respect not to do this. No, self-respect. That's how you're putting it. Yeah, that's how I would have. That's how exactly how I would put it. You have zero confidence in your own ability to do anything. You demand that people do it for you. Well, I am the customer there to spend my money. They're not your fucking... You go hire a personal shopper then. And crazily enough, you would be the prime candidate for online shopping, where you just go through, type in what you want, press, bring it to me. No, because I need to see the things myself. I do. I'll pick up my package of ground beef, thank you. I'll pick out my banana, my avocado, my mango, thank you. I don't want just any old dragon fruit off the counter. I want mine. How many times per grocery trip do you ask someone where stuff is? Not every time. So not every time. So like every other time, probably. Because I don't know. Sometimes you just go to the grocery store for like two things or just go there for lunch. But like if I'm going there for like several items and I'm going through the flyer to find some deals, then yes, more likely than not, I am going to ask somebody where something is that I don't know. Why do you care about the flyer and what the deals are? Most of the time, those aren't even deals. They just highlight certain things and they're, they're not actually any money off. That's what grocery stores do. Two, you just went on about how if something is like an hour past a best before date, you'll throw it in the trash because you don't care. What do you care about flyers for? I still want to get a good buy if it's a good buy is there. You, I want but, to be but you but you you've already admitted you don't know what things cost. They could put in, they, they could put in the flyer, they could charge you more for that item than it normally is, and you wouldn't know. That is true, but I also assume that if it's in the flyer it means they have a lot of that in stock, so it'll be fresh. And whatever I get will be good because they have a lot of it. Tim, 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 if they have a lot of something in stock, it probably means it's not fresh. No, I don't think so. I, I think that they're putting it on sale to attract you there to buy that stuff. And so it's really like, like the, oh, this garlic bread's on for a dollar ninety nine. They must have tons of that. So like they're going through a lot of it. So I should buy some while it's fresh. Jeff, like if, Jeff, if a grocery store has a lot of something that they need to get rid of quickly, would you think it's been there a day or twenty days? I guess it depends, but yeah, they got to get rid of it. It's time for the sale. Time to go. New product, new shelf. Yeah, sometimes they order too much inventory, like like the car dealership. But I do agree, Tim doesn't know. Like it says, oh, two for five, but you know it's really just two for five twenty on normal days. And he (laughs) talks about wasting toothpaste or never looking at prices. What does he care? But he's got some like you know he's got some. I don't know. I don't want to like call anyone out, so I'll just say it's like my my grandma, like my Jewish grandma, like just annoying people and looking to save 18 cents. Tim's the type of person who would throw his cans on the ground and then be like, this one's dented. I want it for free. 
I would <laughs> not do that. Would wouldn't you? No, I would not do that. Has, has he? Right. Has he what? Yeah, have you ever demanded a rebate on anything at a grocery store? Hmm. I if I have, I can't remember it. Okay. Well, I mean, I feel like that's a good step in the right direction for you. I don't remember asking for a rebate. Or you don't want to admit that you do. No, no. I'm, listen, I, I, I'm an open book. I would tell you. Yeah. He's admitted so many things. I don't know the hell he would die on is his grocery store. Yeah, yeah no, but, I, but, I, but I, it's I, Tim. You never know with this sort of stuff. It's just like, remember. hey, McDonald's Monopoly is starting like next week, Jeff. And I thought it was going to be great content for the show. But Tim has told us he's not going to go get one sticker. I don't believe you. I don't know whether I can last. Honestly, I want to last. I'm gonna... So he'll be honest. When he breaks, he'll he'll be full. No, it's going to be like two weeks percent. worth of. It's going to be two weeks worth of lying. We asked him how many stickers he averaged per week last year. He said twenty. <laughs> yeah, but remember, there's two stickers per item. So that's only well, ten items. Well then. And now I that actually I look, like, hate one pack, I have four stickers. I hate it because all the good like deals that they normally put in the app for McDonald's, they don't put give, they don't give a deal on anything during Monopoly because there's no, people no, like some of us are playing for keeps, Jeff. We're not looking. <laughs> <laughs> Something a little more serious is going on here. This, you're you're gonna the thing is our friend did mention to me this might be the year I was gonna win big. I don't play, and I missed it. It's like being at a poker table and getting up to use the washroom. And that would have been the hand that you would have got dealt into the bad beat or something. Like I'm afraid of that happening. You're lucky. You're not addicted to slot machines. <laughs> no interest in you, BLT. You would slots. be like those people that we saw on the way to our golf tournament who were lining up to get into that bar at 11 AM. So they could get to well, the machine. They, that's going to be paying out. Yeah. Well, they had fattened it up that whole night before. So they better be the ones that get the cash out, not somebody else. <laughs> Healthy snacks have a bad reputation, and let's be honest, most don't taste very good. They don't fill you up, and they certainly don't satisfy your cravings. This episode is sponsored by Monk Pack, who makes snacks that taste like our favorite sugary treats, but with one gram of sugar or less. Monk Pack Keto Nut and Seed Bars contain one gram of sugar or less, two to three grams of net carbs, and here's the thing. They're only 150 calories. Also, they are delicious. I went through both my boxes really quickly, and I had to immediately put in another order for more because I enjoyed them so much, and they really filled me up during the day. They were the perfect post-workout snack for me because I don't want to consume a bunch of calories, and I don't want to carb up right after I've finished at the gym. I, you know, I want to carb up before I go to the gym, not after I go to the gym. And this just made me feel good and full for the rest of the afternoon. So need them to get here quickly, and they will. That's not going to be a problem for you. They're the perfect snack to satisfy your sweet tooth without any guilt, and that's always been my biggest problem. That's why I've been enjoying the Monk Pack Keto Nut and Seed Bars either as a quick breakfast, post-workout, or even when I'm running errands and I'm out on the go and I don't want to stop and get fast food. It's awesome. I highly suggest that you check it out. So try it out for yourself, and you'll see. And we have a special deal for all the listeners. Get 20% off your first purchase of any Monk Pack product by visiting Monk monkpack.com and entering our code mayo at checkout and monkpack is so confident 
in their product. It's backed with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll exchange the product or refund your money, whichever you prefer. To get started, go to monkpack.com. That's M-U-N-K-P-A-C-K.com and select any product then. Enter code MAYO to check out to save 20% off your purchase. Monk Pack, delicious, nutritious food you can count on. We thank them for sponsoring this podcast. Hey, we're back making new memories in a new world. And I found the best way to hold those memories is by turning them into art that lasts forever from paintyourlife.com. Who doesn't love art? Who needs to put things on their wall That would be me, me and my family. We have way too much wall space, so putting some art from Paint Your Life really works out in our favor here. If you want to give a truly meaningful gift, you've got to try PaintYourLife.com. Get professional hand-painted portraits created from any photo at a truly affordable price, or combine photos of peoples or places that you love into one painting. It's fast, you can receive your portrait in as little as two weeks and send any picture, yourself, your children, family, a special place, someone you loved who isn't around anymore, a cherished pet, or even an action shot of you or your children playing your favorite sports. It makes the perfect birthday, anniversary, or wedding gift. And trust me, it's hard to find gifts for anyone these days, especially when you get to my age, you know what to do with it. And like sending people like a, a $50 bill really isn't cutting it. So get them something that's super personal and they're going to absolutely love at paintyourlife.com. At paintyourlife.com, there's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded, guaranteed. And right now, as a limited time offer, get 20% off your painting. That's right, 20% off and free shipping. To get the special offer, text the word MAYO to 64000. That's MAYO to 64000. Text MAYO to 64000. Paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter most. Terms apply, available at paintyourlife.com slash terms. Again, text Mayo to 64,000. All right, let's get back to football. Late slate, pretty good slate. I'm not going to lie to you. Cardinals at the Rams is down to four and a half. I feel like this was six earlier in the week, and the money is coming in, I guess, or they readjusted the line after the Rams won? I, I don't quite understand what happened here, but it was six on Sunday night. Now it's four and a half. The Rams are favored at home. 54 and a half is the over under the big emotional win for the Rams last week. Now we're into a division game. I can never remember. There's always like weird situations in this division, whether like remember when the Rams, when the Rams were terrible, they would still just beat the Seahawks for random reasons. Jeff, is it Arizona who always beats San Francisco or always beats the Rams? I'm not sure. I don't know. But they play one of those teams, like when Arizona is bad, they play one of those teams like incredibly tough every single time. Yeah, that sounds like division football. I bet you we have that story in every division. The Bucs play on Thursday versus Seattle next week. Off the, oh, sorry, the Bucs. The Rams play, um, play next week versus Seattle on Thursday. So a huge emotional win. And then another big division match coming up. I don't like the spot for the Rams, but picking a, wanting to put your money down to pick on the Rams and step in front of them, that's a whole different conversation, I tell you. Yeah, it's tough. I'm going to take the Cardinals on the road, plus four and a half. Tim. I'm with, I'm with you. I'm going to take the Rams. Uh, they are 
great now. I mean, listen, I picked them to go to the Super Bowl in the NFC, so I believed at the start of the year they were the best team in the conference. I see nothing to dissuade me from that. I think Arizona is still got issues on their defensive side and their offense is hit and miss, but of course it has incredible talent and it's so much fun to watch. It's going to be a great game. I expect the Rams to win by, by seven. Again, going to tease them through zero. Nope. Okay. It's quite amazing how, I guess just the comp Sean McVay being able to being put with a quarterback that as, you know, has that sort of talent and mental ability. I don't know. It's it's pretty scary. Like they might be the team I'd want to play least in the entire league right now. Maybe until they, I got this. Does feel like they, a, this feels like a letdown spot though? Yeah, it's a sandwich game, and you know, I don't know if they can avoid injury. They're not going to stop. It seems like that's the only thing that can stop them. And we talk about it a lot. Their depth is thin. They're not going to be able to withstand a lot if they get injury luck on their side. I don't know where it would end in LA, I guess at the Super Bowl. Yeah. Maybe we'll have to go for the LA, LA Super Bowl. (gasps) I love LA as uh, Randy Newman says. So Tim's on the Rams, the rest of us coin included on the Cardinals, Seattle and San Francisco. The Niners are a flat three at home against the Seahawks. Both teams one and two against the spread. Embarrassing performance by seattle last week not only because they were my super lock but i don't know what happened to their offense from like midway point in the second quarter on it's not like minnesota got good at defense all of a sudden and the 49ers are pretty good at defense although like philly could have put up like 20 points on them in the first half they got the touchdown called back green bay seemingly had no problems because they didn't bother covering Devonte adams maybe they thought that he should have been in the concussion tent and like if he caught it it was a penalty or something i can't quite understand leaving him that open when he's the only guy they're probably going to throw to at the end of a game so that seemed sort of strange to me jimmy g hasn't looked good at all though i really want to take seattle here but they just seem outclassed don't they no, I mean, it's either you believe the Seattle is a good team or you don't. If you don't believe in Seattle, you should take San Francisco. If you think Seattle is a decent team, is a competitive team for the division and uh, for the conference, then they're probably not going to go oh, uh, one and three with the Rams looming next week. So I'm going to take Seattle to cover the number here. All right. You gave me confidence, Tim. I will take Seattle to cover the number as well. Jeff? That leaves me alone. I'm not sure what the coin is up to. I'm going to take San Francisco. Seattle better be getting guys back on their offensive line. San Francisco has one ultimate strength and they can overwhelm you with in waves with the amount of talent they have on their defensive line. And that play to Adams, the most embarrassing part about it and watching some NFL content the next day and that play being dissected, they had their two best edge rushers, Bosa and Buddy on the other side in an Aaron Rodgers spy. At that point in the game, you got to go. You got to get upfield and get the quarterback off their spot. What a horrible play call. Regardless, Adams wide open makes it that much even worse. Um, I like San Francisco here. I would reevaluate how much I like them if Seattle's getting guys back on the O-line. But but I think they'll be chasing around Wilson all game. For you guys, I guess it's good. Wilson's used to that and really good in those scenarios. Yeah, I'll just take, I mean, I did this last week, but Cousins has been playing really well. If it comes down to Wilson versus Jimmy G slash Trey Lance, I'm going to side with Russell Wilson. They need this one. I can't believe I just said that, but they do need this one. They don't want to drop to one and three in this division. Baltimore at 
Denver. We get to finally find out if Denver actually has the goods or not. They're a one-point favorite at home. I think a lot of people... I, I really wish the Lions or the Ravens would have kind of beat the Lions by more because I feel like we got a really good number on the Broncos. But I think this defense is perfect for shutting down Lamar. They can trap him. They can keep him inside the pocket. And I don't think that Teddy's going to do stupid things with the ball. He never really does. There, He's probably going to have to do more in this game because Baltimore's going to score. But I like the Broncos at home, minus one, to go 4-0 and against the spread as well. I think they're being a bit undervalued here, Jeff. It's hard to disagree with it, Pat. I have to agree with you. I have to side with you on this one. I, oh, you see, they're playing the Ravens, and the Ravens are going to drop games to both the Raiders and the Broncos, and they're going to beat the Chargers in a couple weeks, probably. How it's going to slice out. So that's annoying. But yeah, they just seem so competent. And Teddy Bridgewater against that defense, I think he can. Uh, hyper-aggressive defense. He's kind of like an ideal quarterback for that. He's not going to make the mistake. He'll take the L on plays and live for another down or live for a punt. And he's good enough to, to get you to read your blitz and to exploit it. I don't like that. I like Denver a lot here. Denver for the win. Denver to four and oh, Denver, a le- their best win on the calendar comes Sunday. Tim. Denver hasn't seen anything like the offense that Baltimore is bringing to town. Denver got to play the Jets, Giants, and the Texans, the dregs of the NFL. Now they get to play Lamar and a Ravens team, which, say what you want, managed to win games against both the Chiefs and the Lions when they were pretty much down and out in both, and they really should have stole the Raider, uh, got the Raiders game too. I think the Ravens are just a better football team. I mean, so does Vegas because the Broncos are only laying a point and I'm going to take Baltimore here. Do you know versus, I guess it's been bad opponents. So you'll throw that back at me, but I apparently versus the blitz this year, Bridgewater hasn't thrown an incomplete pass. I did 17 know of 17 and for four touchdowns. I like Teddy. Teddy's a good quarterback, but again, like they had a, the easiest of all easy schedules to start the season. And so, there's still a big eye on their report card for incomplete. This will be a, a marvelous test for them. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm I'm wrong about this game. And and yeah, but I don't know. I I don't I don't know. Pittsburgh at Green Bay. Green Super Bay. Bowl rematch. So yeah, Super Bowl rematch. Green Bay won that game. Packers are favored by seven. I'm going to the window with the Steelers in this spot i'll probably wait till later in the week till the line is a little bit higher but this is this feels like such a make or break week for the steelers like do they pack in the season after this they get absolutely shellacked again i gotta feel like this defense is good enough to try to limit the packers a little bit maybe the offense can come around just a touch like like they're cooked if, if they can't be competitive in this game aren't they give your head a shake they can't throw the ball they can't move the ball. Unless Green Bay has multiple turnovers, they're not going to be in this game, and it's in Lambeau, and the Steelers look god-awful. I'm going to take Green Bay. I, I don't see how Pittsburgh is covering this number short of Green Bay just making a ton of terrible mistakes. I, I agree with it. Tim. One of the interesting things that I was – I didn't really hear this. I, I had no idea this was a real rumor, and maybe it's just because of Tuesday. It's a Tuesday, and they're playing the Packers – this week guys but 
there's a lot of buzz in Pittsburgh that Aaron Rodgers could be their quarterback next year. Well, they need one. They need one yesterday. I guess. Yeah, maybe they'll, that'll be on their short list. I guess any AFC option makes it more advantageous to the Packers. Uh, maybe it's unfair to have that conversation. We're only in um, we're only in week four. That being said, uh, I am going to side with Tim here. The only thing I'm concerned about by betting the Packers is that I don't think anybody to pass point wants a piece of the Steelers right now. Like there is a stank on them. That game and but like I already said it, like I feel like in a few weeks, we're just gonna laugh at that week one game. Like, ah, the Bills are nine and two, and Pittsburgh's two and nine. And remember when they went into Ralph and beat them week one? Ha 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 Packers laying the, the points. So the Steelers will essentially have to replicate what they did in week one, play lights out defense and hope for some sort of break. If they want to win, if they want to cover, then maybe they don't need the, the blocked punt return touchdown. But if they play good enough defense again, if they can get their guys back and like, I probably won't end up going to the window and betting it until I see that defensive injury report, but they got their guys back. I think they can, they can just slow the pace of the game down, play good defense, try to run, although that has not been working whatsoever. Just dump it off to Najee the entire time and just suck the air out of the ball in this game and just wait for something good to happen. It's not like the Packers are immune to not having let down them, let downs themselves. Green Bay is the last end of the teaser. That's all I need to know. All right, Green Bay minus one. Yeah. So a four-team teaser for you this week? Four-team tease, yeah. I like that you're doing the four team. I think this is going to make you more successful other than like the seven team teasers that you were doing. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, just the, the four, four games really stuck out to me this week. This one didn't? Tampa Bay and New England? Oh, is this game happening this week? I haven't heard anybody talk about it. Patriots are seven point dogs at home. I figured you would have teased the Bucks down to, down to minus one here. No, if I was going to tease it, I'd be teasing it the other way. Really? You like the Patriots? I do. I like the Patriots in this game. The Bucks have problems on defense, as we've seen in two games, Dallas and... Uh, Against two top-tier offenses, mind you. Well, but I think that McDaniels is a very smart offensive coordinator. I think if the Patriots call the right types of plays, Jones is going to be able to hit his receivers where he needs to. I think that that is going to be a raucous atmosphere and that it's going to be tough. And I think the Patriots hang with them. I think Belichick is gung-ho to keep this game as close as possible and maybe even win. He wants this very, very badly. He's a marvelous coach. He's a marvelous motivator. The Patriots, yeah, they're one and two, but they still have a ton of talent on that roster. I think they let those tight ends uh, eat up uh, Tampa Bay this weekend. And I like the Patriots to cover the game, and I would be looking at that money line too. I think they've got a chance, even though I don't know if I'd bet it, but I do like them to cover the number. So, Jeff, 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 here's the thing. Who is sitting there? Who's the Pat Mayo of Sunday? Lost every single bet they make throughout the course of the day and then says, you know what? I'm going to win it all back on the Patriots tonight with Tom Brady coming back. Who's not betting on Tom Brady here? I'm betting on the Patriots. Okay. And, and it's early in the week, Pat. It's early in the week, but I have um, some. It's. You got, this you could got, be, do you have inside info? 
No, I don't know anything. I know both teams want this game very badly. They both played very badly last week. This is an important football game. Last week was his look-ahead spot. This game is going to probably have second-round playoff-type money on it, like divisional round-type handle, AFC Championship, NFC Championship-type handle. That is what the books, I think, are expecting this week. The early reports are probably going to are seeing 80% Tampa Bay money. I'm going to take the Patriots plus a seven. I think we're going to get a great game, a great show. Yeah. Uh, It's like Brady's meant so much to Tampa and those guys love him so much. It's almost like he's the coach going back to a team that fired him that he had so much success with where it's like the whole team will rally for him. And I, in many ways do believe it. But but Belichick rules. I'm not saying I I'm not picking Belichick over Brady in the big picture, but I just think there's an aura about Bill and that's gonna hold up in this one. He's taken a lot of L's since losing Brady and embarrassing ones. Think he gets one back. I'm not there with Tim. I'm willing to make a money line bet, Pat. You know we love wrestling analogies. This is gonna be like Rock Hogan at 18 at Skydome. And I'm playing the next night. I'm like Jericho Triple H. Like that. There is no oxygen left for another football game. This game is everything. Uh, at least as you know, it's kind of I'm using the hyperbole, but I haven't been this excited about a regular like Manning Brady, Mahomes Brady, Rogers Brady, Breeze Brady, all the Jordan versus Bird elements of, of NBA that NFL. TV has tried to bring in. They never really got me. This one, Belichick Brady, like it freaking gets me, guys. Gets me differently than those other things. I just think Tampa Bay severely outclasses New England in almost every spot on the field. So I'm going to be the chalk donkey and go with Tom Brady, who wants to put up mucho points in New England because I don't think that they can stop him. And I just, I'm not real sold on this Patriots offense, by the way. They were better under Cam Newton. I think they're okay. What would lead you to believe that? They could barely score against the Jets. They still managed to put up 25 points. In the yeah, Jets when, they, when, the other, when the other quarterback threw them the ball four times in a quarter. Just saying, I think the Patriots are building towards something nice, and I uh, I really think that this team could be special. Well, there goes the curse again. Just I like that you're using it to your ability now. You're really figuring out how to harness this power. I don't know what you mean. The main event for Jeff Feinberg this week is Monday Night Football the Los Angeles Superchargers get the Raiders at home. They're favored by three and a half. 53 is the over-under. Not a single person I talked to this week doesn't think that the Chargers aren't going to smash the Raiders. So, Jeff, before I open up the floor to you, I do want to remind everyone to check out Feinbolt on Mayo Media Network, the Los Angeles Chargers podcast hosted by Jeff Feinberg. I'm going to take the Raiders in this game, plus three and a half. I'm going to put a little bit. Of, I'll, I mean, Jeff will will dilate here for a while. So let me just make my point that uh, I know he's going to say that the Raiders played five full quarters and that's a great advantage for the Chargers. The Raiders played five full quarters before going into Pittsburgh and took the Steelers apart. So I, I'm not buying that side of things. However, I mean, I sort of teased Jeff last week by saying the Raiders are going to win this game. I don't actually believe that. I believe the Chargers are going to win and cover. I'm not super confident about it but they're better coached. They have the better quarterback. They're at home. 
and I like the Chargers to win uh, by six. From the two overtime games in week one, uh, those four teams went three and one against the spread the following week, by the way. That did. It's early in the season. Maybe we're a couple weeks farther down the road. Those quarters hopefully mean a little more. You're right. Uh, but I'll still like fading five quarter football games uh, until the, and the math outside your small week two sample is still on my side. Is it? Um, I, that yes. Soppy could figure that out, but yeah, it is. Um, one of the multiple brown bags that I won on America's dominance in golf has already been dropped on this game. It was Sunday. I took the three. Seems like people agree with me because it's risen to three and a half. Um, I'm excited to see the Raiders have to play a team that can throw the football. Brissett, Jackson, Ben Roethlisberger clearly cannot. Tim mentioned the Chargers are at home. This is a Raiders home game. Da- Dallas week two. The Raiders, their second game. I mean, what the league could, could just wants to take a dump on our head every chance they get. Like, I'm not saying just give us a chance to like get a pulse to get some energy at home. These games are inevitable. They're part of the schedule. We still play other preeminent teams at home. It's going to happen, but spread it out a little bit like a new, a team in a, in a city, in a new stadium. I'm not saying give us Houston, but give us something, you know, like maybe even the Browns. It's just filled with like Mary Jo from Cleveland who went to LA to be an actress and now she rubs her clit on OnlyFans. I can handle her. Oh my goodness. I don't need 100,000 Raider fans, but that's what I we're up against. And I'm ready to take them all. On, oh, I legit just spit out some DC. I can't believe that. <laughs> what are we getting? What are we getting? Timmy Tugs, Tantric Timmy Tugs on OnlyFans. Oh my goodness me. I could not. Have anticipated something that vulgar. <laughs> Anyhow, I'm not happy about that. I'm not, but I don't care. Fill it up with a hundred thousand guys, all of them with shaved heads who put who put shoe shiner into their beards to make them look tough. Fill it up with all of them. What? I don't care. We're going. What are you talking about? I'm These good. Raider fans that are a hundred thousand of them versus two. That's the second game in SoFi versus the Raiders. First game in SoFi versus the Cowboys. Let's drop it. We beat the Chiefs. I told you last week, I didn't think we were going to win, but what was I most excited about? The strategic deployment that Staley would bring to his first game versus Kansas City. And holy shit. It's a different world now, folks. It's a different world now. Get in line. Get in line. We're doing big things. We're having fun. I am feeling alive. Mahomes turnovers, Herbert gunslinging. We're we're about a month away from it just being undeniable the coach quarterback combination that I do have. And you're all over. Feinberg, last year, kid was a rookie. You're getting excited. See more. If you're not on board now, you can you'll never get on board. You'll never get on board. The next big thing, right there. Defend what what Staley did at the end of the game against KC. He tried to give the game away. Did you hear what happened? It was too windy. Herbert changed the goddamn play. Why why didn't they just take a knee and kick the field goal? Because they thought he'd miss a 20-yard field goal? Yeah, maybe. I don't care. So what? We'll have to rein in the level of craziness. We'll have to rein that in again. Staley said to to Herbert and Mike Williams, what the hell did you do? I wanted to run the ball in. 
I don't know. Maybe we don't trust the kicker. The guy missed two extra points. You either run, you get stuffed. You just, you just run it in. I don't, I don't know. Who cares? We'll figure that out. Staley did not want them throwing at the goal line. It should have been that, running. That, Staley didn't want that. So I don't want Staley to lose genius points. Did, did, does, is Staley young enough that he had Mike Williams in fantasy and he needed to beat someone? I don't know. Maybe Herbert's young enough who made that, um, who made that decision. I'm not sure. I'm not. The only thing that can stop me now is an illegal shift. <laughs> They're addicted to because it. two of them on Sunday, we were, it was halftime. We're at midfield. There's 50 seconds left. We could punt it deep and say, we'll go to the half. No, we go for it on fourth and four. And we make this amazing play illegal shift second half touchdown illegal shift so i don't know i'm excited we're playing the raiders gus bradley there's like seven x chargers on the raiders defense let's go this is gonna be denzel perriman's best game ever not a chance <laughs> maybe he'll make i mean all he would have to do is make it through the game without a concussion i think that would qualify as his best game ever wouldn't it 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 it, it probably would i i a Monday night. Oh my God. New look, new life. Like just, it's crazy. Uh, for how much I loved Philip rivers to a, to a demented point where this relationship might go. Like I said, like <laughs> type shit. Oh, oh. shit. <laughs> like I, I, I want for me and Philip went. in the poll at the end of the year. Who's saying what? Oh, I know I'm demented. Well then maybe you should just accept the title is most insane and we don't even have to have a vote i've already recorded fine bolt this week we're fired up we're ready to go i don't even need a guest maybe on monday i'll do like a seven minute thing who knows because i gotta still go to bed six more times before we play again all right so i'm taking vegas the rest of you coin included are taking the chargers for more craziness on the chargers tune into fine bolt and download the daily fantasy sports picks and met Picks and bets the mix audio podcast where you can listen to the audio version of Fine Bolt. Let's get to the super locks of the week. I lost, so I'll go first this time around. I almost felt like taking the Giants plus eight. I almost took the Bengals minus seven, but I don't think I've ever done this before. But I will take the Bills minus sixteen as my super lock. Wow, Tim. wow, that uh, eating a lot of chalk. That will not be me. I will take uh, the Tennessee Titans minus eight. Tennessee for another week for me for a super long. Tennessee minus eight on the road against his jumbo jets. Jeff, you got to lock in the chargers, right? I guess the way I spoke about it, because, but I don't get three and a half, even though I bet three and a half, but sure. You get three Let's and a half. It's, it's three and a half right now. No, sorry. Oh, three, three. I mean, I got three, but I'll, I'll sure. Fine. I was that confident. I am that confident. I'll lock in the chargers. You probably saved me from really embarrassing myself from saying new England. So make it the Chargers, Pat. I'm also going to Vegas next week, and Tim's embarrassed to wear his Jets gear to a Halifax grocery store. Well, I need to be able to wear my Chargers gear through Vegas next week, so they have to win on Monday because half my wardrobe I dress like I'm a coach on a sideline. Survivor picks for the week. I will take the Bills. Tim, you're taking the Titans on the road against your Jets. Jeff, Chargers? <laughs> I'll take them. I'll take the bills. bills. (laughs) To recap Tim's free money tease, it's a six-point tease this week. New Orleans minus two, Tennessee minus two, Kansas City minus one, Green Bay minus one. Tim, who gets you? 
if somebody gets me, and I don't think anybody will, it will be the Giants. Throughout the course of this show, and I, I, this is one of the main reasons that I took Pittsburgh, the spread dropped in that game as we were talking. It went from seven. I noticed that. It went from noticed, seven to six that. and a half. I noticed that. So weird. That's fine. Like maybe the books are taking a strong position that they think that uh, that the the Steelers are going to cover. I, I don't know. I can't explain it. But uh, go ahead. You take Ben, who can't throw the ball down the field against Rogers, and if you cover, congratulations. But I would not be comfortable with that ticket. All right, that will do it on the Pat Mayo experience. I want to thank the coin for being the reigning champion of the week in terms of spread picks. But I'd also like to thank Jeff Feinberg, who I think we got you finished on time, pal. Yeah, we're great. I'm going to the Jays are playing the Yankees. Hopefully they're still alive by the time you're watching this show and not technically done. Hopefully you get it. Remember to charge your phone so you can show your Vax card. Bring an ID, which I don't normally carry around. It's actually really annoying. I might be like wearing a neck purse soon because this goddamn thing. How unfortunate. Tim probably has a purse. I have a money belt, but I don't have a purse. Fanny pack? A money belt, not a fanny pack. Well, I'd like to thank you then, Paul Shaughnessy, for switching the show and Tim Undercust. Tim Undercust. That is not my name. Now, when you went to go get that money belt, did you walk into the store and you saw the money belt section, but you were like, you know what? They might have money belts in other places i'll just ask someone where they are no i went into a luggage store and asked do you have money belts and they said yes were they, were they like what the hell is a money belt do you mean a fanny no, pack they exactly, they exactly what it was and they sold it to me without any issue well that did come in handy that one time so thank you it for sure that. did again because i uh, safety first and i think ahead although my passport was ruined but it didn't matter they let me back in the country well yeah but that had not that was a separate issue yeah but i mean the passport got ruined but it didn't matter, so I, yeah, guess, okay. I guess it didn't matter at that point, did it? No. Anyway, thank you all for watching. Smash the like on the way out. Runthesims.com. Free trial if you just sign up with your email. It's all you need. On Thursday, if you want to give it a shot, you've been you know, curious about optimizers and your own projections and game simulations. It's a chance to try it out in real time and test it out for week four. See how it goes for you, all right? I'm Pat Mayo. Thank you all for watching. I'll see you next time. All right, I gotta go. The baby just puked on Sam. Okay, talk to you guys later. Okay, bye. Bye bye. Experience!